Criterion creeps are coming with Jared and RJ from Renoir to Kurosawa and everything along the way. Highbrow, lowbrow, they won't stop until the This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. I'm RJ Baylog. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order to release. This week we're flopping and flamming and finding babies in handbags at the train station as we watch Spine 158 in the Criterion Collection. Anthony Asquith's The Importance of Being Earnest from 1952. But first, RJ, mm. I'd rather be doing anything but recording this episode right now is there any reason or it just in general so you're nice done? outside oh don't be one of those guys oh, you're an man. indoor kid through and through no, i know you. i know i am but man it's so nice outside oh yeah it is it's nice outside uh it's it went from minus 40 to plus 10 where in our neck of the woods That's is well, plus 19 <laughs> yeah boiling hot uh i don't know about you but it's like first day those, of spring those uh, mid-teens temperatures is just, like, fucking boiling. Yeah. Uh, we still have snow everywhere. A little That's bit. That's not gone yet, but uh, oh, I don't know about your neck of the woods. Over here, we still got a pile of snow. Yeah, there's uh, the patches where the, the shade <laughs> resides. The sun's not high up enough yet. Mm. Uh, but, man, the, the, the flesh is on full display out there, my friend. Just Ugh. like I was driving to go pick up my Come mail. On. There was this dude standing on University oh, okay. Drive, late 50s, distended gut, flabby, pale. So what do you like seeing uh, or what do you dislike seeing more? Hmm. Uh, a dude who's just like mid to late 50s, full gut, maybe leather Short, pants. We're, we're, no, or, he, was, well, he was wearing shorts and uh, – some, I don't know, runners. Are they corduroy shorts? No. Car, okay. Cargo so shorts, I think. What do you hate more, Khaki that? shorts, maybe. Or the guy who's extra buff in shorts, rollerblading with, like, a beanie or a do-rag on? Because I see that Shit. pretty frequently over here. Sometimes it's not shirtless. Sometimes it's, like, a spaghetti strap. Mm. And like big Italian oiled up men on their rollerblades <laughs> with like flames on them and olive oils and uh, you I, know yeah I don't, uh, which ones which ones more upsetting to you the mm, old fat guys or the the young fit guys I don't know I don't know man I don't like it's, either it's a tough call well the other one was um I was doing my uh, walk around uh, a nearby lake and there was mm -hmm. this uh this dude with his girlfriend but his girlfriend like she's like completely tanned like dark mm. tan and i'm just like already hey it's in like the two like, days of sunlight like, like it's like it's august <laughs> and i'm like really or mm -hmm. it's like so it's, this is either like a result of a tropical destination kind of trip or you know good old-fashioned fake and bake yeah i would say yes to those comments you said but uh, yeah, I was just like, oh my god, it's already begun. Like, I can't have like a day of everyone just like kind of like adjusting. You no, know, everyone's just like, there's I, no in between got, here. Got to get, got to bust it out. Got to get out there. Not where we live. It'll be minus forty 
Celsius, and dudes will be wearing fucking flip flops and shorts up here, mm-hmm. but with like a hoodie, and they'll be like, "It's kind of cold." Yeah. Huh? And it's like, what do you, what do you got to impress? I've talked about this before on the show, but I don't get it. Put no. pants on. Wear socks. For for Christ's sake. Jeez. Jeez, Louise. So anyway, long mm. story short, I'd rather be doing anything but recording this right now. But hey, RJ, how are you? I mean, I'm fine. Good. I walk to work every day. That's nice. That's nice. I've been uh, audio booking for a uh, upcoming show in a month or two. So uh, I should have that cranked out pretty soon. Mm. It's not a long walk, actually. So I don't actually cover that much of the book in a day. Right. Only like 20 minutes. Mm. Tops. That's it. That's it. So it's a, a brisk little jaunt. It's cold in the morning it and is. boiling hot yes. at the, uh, when I'm coming home. So yes. it's troublesome, but that's the time of the year, I guess. It sure is. Yeah. And that's how uh, I'm doing in my life, Jared. What a what a delightful chat we're having here. Yeah. I'm not eating burgers this week. Yeah, that's that's a good start. I, uh, I had a nice healthy dinner, Jared. I had a uh, boiled, a milk boiled chicken breast. No, I'm just kidding. But I had a chicken breast with some Brussels sprouts and some white rice. Wow. Health bay. Wow. Are you trying to get healthy? Uh, I I always try. I just no. have frequent relapses into mm-hmm. junk food, alcoholism, yep. and uh, all the other things. Right. Yeah. Do you like Brussels sprouts? I want your opinion on this because yeah, a lot of people are yeah, split on sprouts. They're fine. They're fine. Mm. Um, I don't mind them at all. My dad I makes think... my dad makes really good Brussels sprouts. Like he cook, he does, he goes all out though with like bacon and stuff like that. So, um, so this is what I like, did. They're very it... savory. Are they like crispy? Mm, no, they're just doused in butter and fat. Like they're, they, they're just like a they makes like really decadent Brussels sprouts. Not okay. not 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 very uh, healthy, but uh, delicious. So... That's kind of like what my sprouts were. I made a whole pack of bacon on a baking on like a pan or a sheet. And then I took the bacon out and then I just dumped all the sprouts into the bacon grease and rolled them around. And then I baked them like that. Mm. And they were super disappointing. They had like none of that bacon flavor. And I didn't salt them because I was like, well, there's salt in the bacon fat. But then they, I was like, oh, these need salt. So anyways, I ate them all because I'm an adult and I don't waste my food. <laughs> but I was real I was real disappointed. I was like, oh man, I was like, I thought this was gonna be like the the be all and end all of Brussels sprouts. And then it was just like, these are fine. So I don't know, maybe I need your deci- or your dad's uh, lard recipe for them sprouts. Yeah, uh, sure. Just, nice. just let me know when you want that for real and I'll uh, hook you up. Okay. Okay then. Okay. Well, moving along, moving along, RJ, we've got emails. Uh, a lot. Yeah, we got some, we got some feedback this week, RJ. Well, what are we no, doing no, talking no. about Brussels sprouts? Yeah. Uh, first up, we have uh, a piece from Rohan McRobb, who's written we in previously. We haven't heard from him yeah. for a while. And that's how he begins. Yeah. Long time since I wrote in. Hi, guys. Rowan here again. Going to keep this one short. Just wanted to know your opinions on S. Craig Zoller, director of Brawl and Cell Block 99. I'm super stoked for his new movie, Dread Across Concrete, and would love to know your guys' thoughts on his work. That's it. Thanks, Ryan. Uh, I think we just talked about him like a week ago, I, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, he's he's come up on the show a few times. So yeah. uh, we have talked about like all, Brawl all, all, on the pod. Yeah, because uh, well, Oliver wrote in uh, not that long ago uh, saying he did not enjoy uh, Brawl that, and Cell Block 99 at yeah. all. Uh, and that's a movie that we both liked. Uh, mm-hmm. My caveat that I think he's got a terrible cinematographer, mm-hmm. but um, I don't know. I I don't know. There's been this new thing on Letterboxd talking about 
like this new form of fascism <laughs> of like cinematic fascism or some so, nonsense. I don't get yeah. it at all. Um, but I've seen some people have some strong reactions to bone Tomahawk. Mm-hmm. Uh, they feel that it is uh, per- further perpetuating like insensitivity toward first nations people because the mm. villains of that movie are like stone age monster men uh, that also, I guess like, sure. by, by default are, First Nations people or indigenous mm-hmm. to the land, and it's like it's very insensitive. But it's like the, even in the story, they actually have a character who's First Nation saying, "Yeah, these people are like horrifying to our people, and like they kill things." It's like cool. It's monsters. It's goddamn cannibal stuff. It's like you know what I think a, a good uh, <laughs> a good like mirror of that is is you remember in Game of Thrones, Jarrett, when there was the big deal about the people on the other side of the wall and how they were wildlings. But then they went over and it was like, oh, no, they're just normal people. But then inside the wildlings, they're like, oh, those are the guys from like the West. They suck. Yeah. Like the cannibal people. They're like, yeah, they're real shitty. And it was like, yeah, they're they're on this side, too. So I think I don't know. Maybe that uh, maybe that that, or little metaphor doesn't stick there. But I was like for I don't think anyone was like outraged by that. Because they were like. I know that's a totally different made-up thing and not something that happened for real, but I don't, it never bothered me when I watched Bone Tomahawk. But I, I can separate, I, I think, movies from reality. Yeah, I mean, I've had my, uh, I have my uh, sensitivities when watching movies that annoy the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. Um, but usually, there's some thing there and i don't know i never got that this movie felt malicious like i never like released with bone tomahawk and uh yeah. yeah i've also seen accusations of uh brawl and cell block 99 being all blue lives matter ish <laughs> and i'm just see, like then i'm like i don't i don't see it i don't get yeah. it like I, I, I don't i don't get it either like i think people are i think it's an easy target with s craig zoller because he does cover content like that and then i think especially now that he's running with my man mel gibson they're Mm, like oh well this just confirms everything and it's like no i don't i don't think that at all i think i think he fits in with a brand and genre of filmmaking that is its thing in itself and i think it's I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like his stuff is outside of that political game and all these things. Like, sure, you can take stuff out of it from that, but you can turn any movie into something. Like, remember when we were talking about Mother? And I can't remember what it was, but someone was talking about how once you make a movie and it goes out there and it like people can change it into something. Or if you like make a movie and then it also all of a sudden becomes a champion of like alt-right neo-Nazis and you're like, oh, that's not what I meant. Like, like Pepe the Frog. Yeah, like yeah, like Pepe Pepe Silva the Frog. It's I don't know. Sometimes you make it, and then other people take those things out of it, and they run with it, and that's all other people see. Even if you had no, like I don't know, maybe you did it ignorantly, or like you didn't know you were doing it. But I I don't know. I don't think he he's down like that. I I don't know. I guess like I draw that line though, where it's like even if someone's like politics are not my own uh depending on how that influences the work can also like i mean i don't know i could read like a really great right-wing novel in theory <laughs> um yeah so let's, let's put it like that then yeah I, even I mean, if s craig zollers are yeah. flaming alt-right like i don't think it comes out in his movies i don't think he's in trying to indoctrinate people no. into believing that stuff like yeah. he's just making a movie that has some kind of like coincidental overlap with other yeah other things i yeah i don't know 
I mean, I don't think like you kind of made something. I, I made a comment that I, I would disagree with is that like he's like outside of politics. I mean, I don't think anything's necessarily outside of politics. Sadly, um, sure, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't see where people are going with that element of it. I just wish his movies were better shot. <laughs> like, yeah, that, that's my complaint. Yeah, um, yeah. no, I yeah, I, I hear you. You've said that before, especially with Brawl. Um, so we have talked about him before. I really like S. Craig Zoller. Uh, I like all the stuff he's done. Puppet um, Master. Even that, Puppet that he, Master, that wrote, yeah. the second best Puppet Master movie. Uh, his other movie, um, Asylum Blackout, right. I, w- I really liked that. And uh, I actually have a couple of his books. I haven't read any yet. I was going to ask you about that just now, too, is like whether or not you were, uh, had, were getting closer to reading one of those, uh, his weird westerns. It's uh, it's the one, it's on my, uh, my nightstand right now is um, Wraths of the Broken Land. Yeah. So uh, I haven't started yet, but when I do pick up my new book, probably in like a couple weeks here when I'm done with what I'm doing. Uh, it'll be that one. So I'll read that going into the summer. And I read the first like couple pages and uh, it's it sounds already like his style of movies. Like, uh, I don't know, you read the first couple pages, you're like, Ugh, Ugh, what's going on here? So, <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I, I really like this Craig Zoller. I think he's good. Yep. I, yeah, I think he's an interesting director and I will definitely be watching uh, that new movie whenever it oh, becomes available. I can't wait for that fucking thing. Yeah. Everyone knows that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, RJ. What? We, we got hate mail. No. Is it is it all directed at me? Uh, well, let's find out. Oh, no. It, it begins, fuck you guys, from mm. uh, someone signed Corpse. <laughs> okay, okay. I Yeah. Sup, you creepy fucks. Mm-hmm. First time writer here. I'd like to start off by saying that I've been listening to your show for a while now, and there's just something about two dickheads shitting all over the movies I love that I just can't get enough of. Mm-hmm. Titles that come to mind are Hereditary, Texas mm. Chainsaw Massacre 2, yeah. Lethal Weapon, Kong Skull mm. Island, and all the amazing Marvel and DC superhero movies. Mm. I saw on Letterboxd that RJ logged Mandy, so I'm looking forward to his <laughs> undoubtedly wrong opinion on that gem. He did, mm-hmm. however, seem to like Terrified, so I really don't know what to expect from you uh, inconsistent sons of bitches. Yeah, I was thinking maybe fair. I should pay the $50 to come on your show and have you kiss my ass like you do for Frank. Ooh. Oh, no. No, don't 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 go after Frank. He's what? not even associated yeah. with this show. <laughs> He's got no part of this. Remember the first time he came on the show and told that story about his dad always having loud phone conversations in the movie theater? You guys must really need that $50 because there's no way you cynical douches would be okay with that. <laughs> Next time you talk to Frank, could you ask him if his dad was in Colorado in July of 2012? Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't I don't I don't follow that one. I don't I don't understand because that would explain a lot. What a piece of shit. <laughs> Uh, oh, see, I oh, I'm, I think I'm remembering. Wasn't that the uh, that the Joker kid who? Uh, oh shot... no! <laughs> so okay, I I, I see. Okay, right. Oh no. <laughs> Anyways, since you guys have excreted greasy diarrhea shirts all over some of last year's best films, let me hear your thoughts on my top ten. Oh. Now, number one, Deadpool. Um, uh... so that. I'm I'm just going to assume that's Deadpool 2. Uh, Probably. Number two, Solo, A Star Wars Story. Um, Mm -hmm. That's a film that I don't think you'll see on many people's uh, best of lists. Uh, Number three, Low Life, 
Are you familiar with Low Life RJ? I'm not. I'll look it up right now. Okay. I know the other two. Uh, number four, Mandy, uh, as will be mm. discussed soon. Aforementioned no, n- Mandy. N- number five, The House That Jack Built. Uh, that's a movie that I have personally not seen yet, but I'm very uh, interested to watch it, though apparently the the real hard version that has been prevented from being released in North America for like the time being, so that's annoying. Mm-hmm. Avengers Infinity War. Uh, yeah. Uh, Many people some, some, enjoy some that. Some people. Uh, boar, I don't know. Uh, uh, I think I know that one, actually. I think it involves a giant boar oh. that runs around. It's like a New Zealand movie, or maybe not. It looks like it's a New Zealand oh, movie, yeah. and it's a yeah. huge boar running around tearing people up. It's not uh, Razorback, which is like... Oh, is it no, Razorback? No, there's a movie called Razorback, and it sounds like the exact same thing, but it was made like oh. 30 years ago. Yeah, I think I'm it's assuming similar. This is a di- yeah, similar idea. Upgrade. Uh, well, bo- both you and I have seen Upgrade, and we both I liked enjoy- Upgrade a lot. We, bo- we both enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, number nine, The Domestics. I don't I know don't know that, that one. one. And number ten, Annihilation. That movie is very fine. It, yep. That's about well, it. okay. Okay. Let me let me finish uh, Mr. Corpse's email here. I'm mm-hmm. assuming you haven't seen a good chunk of them. In which case, I'd recommend that you get on it. It would be a nice refreshing break from the usual drivel you normally subject yourselves to. And on that yeah. note, I'll bid you farewell. Creep it real and long live Bill Paxton. Oh, that piece of shit. Uh, I, on that, I'll go, sure, Bill. I love I love that Bill Paxton. Sincerely, You're, you're both wrong on that one. <laughs> All right, corpse. I got some stuff to say. So uh, looking at his movies in his top ten, uh, I just found this The Domestics. Uh, and so low life was about like an organ thief. It looks like, and the domestics is post apocalypse Midwestern. I'll check them both out. I popped them in my creeptober list for next year. I'll check these bad boys out that and bore. Uh, as far as the other ones go, uh, we both liked upgrade quite a bit. Uh, I don't think either of us disliked annihilation, but we had a bad theater experience for that. That was when the speakers weren't working and it was just all around bad time. Mm. Equally, and also hereditary. I had a horrible. That was one of the worst theater experiences I've ever been to. So my, I, I have a, I have a bias against that movie because my viewing was wrecked forever. I, I also noticed in this top ten, hereditary is nowhere on it. Oh, well there you go. I believe Corp, Corpse strikes me as a big time horror fan. Uh, I do follow the Corpse on the Letterboxd. You should too to get some of these hot, uh, <laughs> these hot uh, takes. Um, so in, in regards to this aggressive, fiery email, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like some of that is directed at me, this Texas chainsaw massacre business to this Bill Paxton business. And you know what, Jared, I mean, just like George W. Bush said, bring them on, smoke them out. I'll take it. I'll take that heat any day of the week. I don't like Texas chainsaw massacre too. That movie's so annoying. So much screaming. Bill Mosley. The worst fucking person in the world, other than maybe Bill Paxton. Wow. But, I mean, we got rid of him. Oh, Remember? Man. Uh-oh. I, so, okay, I don't mind Bill Paxton that much, but I really didn't, I don't like him in Aliens. He's so fucking annoying in that movie. He is. So, I, I'll tell you, I'll go, I'll go toe-to-toe with that anywhere. Uh, I, I will say that uh, I think we should leave poor Frank out of this. He was uh, a delightful addition to the show. Indeed. And, yes, I am desperate, and I will take his money. Uh, <laughs> do I endorse talking in the theaters? Absolutely not. Yeah, I'm, pr- I, I'm, pretty, I, I'm pretty sure that uh, I think that one of the comment like that's is like, hmm, 
I think I, I do remember. I have a good memory, Jarrett, for things that don't matter. And uh, I remember when uh, Frank told that story, I think I said, oh, that's funny. Uh, but I have mentioned on this show many, many times mm-hmm. that uh, I, I don't play ball with those uh, those theater shenanigans. Um, yep. I, I've never had a, an outburst or anything like that. But uh, well, even just now, like I said, Hereditary was horrible for me and it totally ruined the movie. And uh, I don't know when I saw Glass and those uh, that couple was uh, chugging beers and sla- uh, vaping real hard. They were fine, though, actually. They didn't bug me too much. Anyways, I don't know uh, if there was anything I missed. Uh, I don't know what your opinion is on Corpse. Are you going to follow him on uh, Letterboxd now, Jarrett? Um, no. <laughs> you should? I think everyone hey, should. If, then if they he, can get insight hey, into this. Actually, I don't even know. I might have followed him. If he followed me, I followed him back because uh, that's that's how it goes. But that's the game. But anyways, yeah. let's, get, let's get past this this toxicity rj mm, let's okay. let's uh, hear from frank oh yeah wonderful uh, an actual contributor to our podcast wow yeah hey there creeps hope everything's going well in creepsville uh i should also mention this email is entitled quentin tarantino one car y and one Jarrett duncan Ooh, i don't like that uh, last one before I begin, I want to thank the host publicly for letting me back on the show for a second episode. I had a lot of fun. It was amazing talking about a movie you love on a show you love, and I can't believe it's already been a whole week. I can't mm. either. To address the title of my email, as most listeners already know, and what will probably come on the news segment, the trailer for Tarantino's new film was released, and Wong Kar Wai has announced another film in the 1960s trilogy to be released mm. next year. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that make like a quadrology? Quadrology? What are those? Uh, alien type of movies like Tremors. Yeah, Tremors is a quadrology. I, 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 think, I think there's like more than four. I think there's only four. I think you're wrong, but uh, continue. As you can guess, I'm excited as hell for these releases. So my question for the hosts and my fellow creepers is this: Are there currently any movies coming in 2019 or 2020 that you may actually be excited for? Is excitement still a word that can be used in the present time when most ex- expectations result in disappointment? Mm. Mm. I'll let you handle that first. Mm. So you hit me with any of that hard stuff? No, no. You know what? I don't. I don't care about uh, hype. I, I try to get. I, I don't about know. The hype machine. Get, getting excited about things. There's just so much stuff. Like I can't even keep up on what's coming out right now. Let alone yeah. getting excited about things that like are coming mm-hmm. down the road. Um, I think it's a young man's game being uh, excited for like forthcoming for projects, things, not just movies for things in general. Oh, you know what I'm excited for? And uh, this will make you mad. Um, mm. uh, I was watching this two hour long YouTube video on the history of D and D role playing games. Shut up. And uh, they touched upon this game uh, shut that up. I've always wanted to play called Planescape torment. Oh, God, and, uh, but like, I remember trying to play it on my old uh, windows computer at the time. And I thought it just looked like crap. Like I was like, oh, you're the biggest nerd. It's like this looks terrible. I can't get into this gameplay. Ugh. So mm-hmm. I, I give it a pass. But uh, t- them talking about it again, and you know how I love that D and D RJ. I was like, hmm. I wonder if I could. Any if there's any way I could play this game right now? And sure enough, there's an enhanced edition that exists that's available on all mm-hmm. platforms. But then I also read that there is a uh, console edition of it coming out later this year. So if mm-hmm. I give a shit about it. By the time it comes out, that would be something I'd be excited for. You suck. I know. Uh, so, anyways, um, you got I'm any yet, real answers? 
yeah, actually, I, I'm going to hit you with a real big surprise here. You know what movie I'm actually excited for? Dune. No, I don't care about Dune. Oh. Uh, Detective Pikachu. Oh. I know, I know, it's totally uh, out of character, but uh, I was a Pokemon kid. Oh, I know you're, a, po- I know you're a Pokey kid. That Pokemon Red and Go came out when I was in grade like three or something, so I, I grew up with all that. I don't know, man, I think it looks fun. Is it going to be the best movie ever? Probably not, but... I will get some mild enjoyment out of that. So let's say that, but I do agree with you. I think that's a young man's game. Yeah. Oh, actually, they are. Uh, they're doing press. Well, not press, but there's like casting announcements for uh, Chris Nolan's new movie. So I'll be on board for that whenever that comes out. Yeah. Other yeah. than that, yeah, I don't. Sure. I don't get too excited about things anymore. Um, now, as you might be wondering, why Jared was also named in this title. Mm. Uh, and I'd like to share some information I pried from him a little while after we finished recording last week's show. Uh Uh-oh. The 2005 masterpiece, Capes, has been confirmed to be on YouTube, but it's currently hidden in the private Mm. section of Mr. Duncan's YouTube account. So Mm -hmm. I'd like to call on all the forces of my fellow creepers to bombard any and all of Jarrett's social media outlets with requests, bribes, and harassment in order for Capes to be released into the public domain. Please remember to be courteous and polite for the first two or three messages before unleashing hell on our co-host. You never know. We may have already weakened that cold exterior, and he might have finally blessed us with that glorious film. Oh, and I'd like to ordain RJ as leader of this movement, whether he wants to see Caves or not. Thanks again, guys. I, 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 all I say is thanks in quotation marks, Frank. Mm. You know what I would like? I would like the world to release a Caves, and I want to see if that makes Corpse's uh, top 10 list of the year. <laughs> I want to, I want to I see what kind only, of waves we can, can make with this I can only imagine... Thing. The, the the response on that front. The response to capes? Yeah, from, from Corpse. I can only imagine. Ah, well, we'll see. Uh, no, I, I agree. I do want to see capes. I think uh, I'll let you guys all in on a secret. I asked for the movie a couple of weeks ago, and I, I still haven't received it. So if I can't get a copy of it, I don't know what hope regular Joes in the world have, but uh, let's try. Right, Jer? That's right. Just keep, just keep on trying. Let's keep trying. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice to hear. Oh, hey RJ, nice to hear from a nice person. What? Look, look at that. We got we got another lovely piece of, mm. e- not mail, email, but feedback, comment on no. uh, on a <laughs> on a YouTube uh, video. Which YouTube? Uh, our review of Sisters, Brian De Palma's Sisters. Sisters. Yes. From <laughs> what's the issue there? I thought well, we were pretty generally pretty okay on sisters. Uh, uh, well, let's see what 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 is this fella Eduardo Corashadi uh, or something. Okay, whatever. Before you get into this, okay, is yeah. this going to be a hit piece on me again? Oh, it's on a, both of us, kind of. Okay, like, yeah. Okay, here we go. You are treating this film as if it's recent and judging too harshly as a result. Looking at sisters with uh, a jaundiced eye. It is the product of its time not to be looked at in a 21st century viewpoint. You actually remark about the footage of the twins on TV. It wouldn't make sense in 2017 for this story to play out. Well, of course it wouldn't. This movie was released 44 years ago. So much of this commentary is criticizing the movie for not being modern, unfair, and actually a bit ridiculous. I just get a bad vibe from listening, almost like the guys here lost a bet and had to watch this flick, and then explain to some friends in a snarky way what they saw. The film Mm -hmm. is an interesting 
about flawed and over-the-top psychological horror piece, another De Palma love letter to Hitchcock. Not great, but not the worst. Uh, is that it? That's it. All right, okay. First of all, fuck off. <laughs> because it's like, well, you can't watch this like it's 21st century, man. It's like, I say this all the time. You shouldn't have to have an agenda, like context, to go into a movie. Of course we're going to watch it like it's the 21st century. Because guess what? We don't fucking live in 1970. Okay, I would I would say to maybe... I would say to clarify your comment, I think it's that yeah. like you shouldn't need to have con- or con- context or lack of context doesn't necessarily dismiss a point mm-hmm. or perspective of a movie. Yeah. Rather than like, because I think like having context can like increase the enjoyment of a movie. Uh, mm-hmm. And like those things can be factors, but they're not necessarily like the be all. I, yeah. My, my big thing is that it shouldn't, that shouldn't determine whether you enjoy the movie or not. Like I agree with you. If you do know the context to a movie, like say that there was some really crazy thing that was trying to stop that movie from being made. And then you watch it and you're like, Oh, this is pretty incredible that this movie actually got made. Then like that can give you a better appreciation for things. What I don't like is when the context, like your enjoyment of the movie is dependent on that. You know, the con the background context of it. So I always go back to that oh, 400 shit. blows thing where oh. people or where that one bad review was just like, it was like, well, you guys don't know the scene, like the political or like the social scene at the time. And I was like, of oh, course I fucking God. don't. I don't know what yeah. was going on in France in like 1960. So th- like, that's where I have issue for with it. It's well, like, if see, I need to know a background on like the community, then, then I don't think that like, I don't know. I think, that, well, I think, I mean, this comment is like almost like a, uh, a caricature of the criticism that like yeah. of what we would get as negative feedback on our show. It's this mm-hmm. like idea that like this movie was made for 1974. I'm like, well, if that's the case, why are we even watching it now? Like if we cannot understand, yeah. we, we can't yeah, watch exactly. it to understand it. Cause like all we are doing then is making up shit about 1974 to be able to watch it. And you're like, well, you, you didn't live there. I like, wasn't alive. Like, yeah. Neither of us were alive. It's like, so it is, it is actually impossible for even for a person who, who was like alive and watched it in the prime of their life in 1974 mm-hmm. to be able to watch that movie and like in any way reflect, Oh yeah. I remember what I was doing in 1974. Accurate. It's like bullshit. No, they don't. No one remembers. Like no one's memory works that way. It's all context. Mm-hmm. And like as time progresses, sometimes stylizations and things about movies don't age well, or like mm-hmm. storytelling methods have like not have sophisticated and like some things don't age. Like I've watched movies from like 1940 that like are more amazing than movies being made now. And it's like, it doesn't matter about like there's nothing very like 74 ish specifically Mm -hmm. or like, whereas technically probably the movie was made in like filmed in 1973. So it doesn't even matter when it was released. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's such a, it's such an asinine, uh, like thought process. I, 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 this is like, again, caricature of like criticism. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't hold up. It doesn't. And like the other thing too is like, I don't think we were even really negative on that movie. And I don't remember at all commenting on like the way that it looked because we're usually, I don't know. I I could be wrong, but I feel like we're usually okay with movies that are old because it's like, yeah, of course it's not the same kind of film quality. I think we're we're talking about the story itself, like the actual, like how the information is delivered. And we'd be like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I I don't know. I I, I don't remember at all. Well, that's the thing. Uh, I will say that um, since like 
before doing a podcast, I would listen to other podcasts and I'd mm -hmm. be like, when the hosts were like called out on something they said like weeks or like years prior. And I'm like, oh, I remember when they said that and they have no memory whatsoever. And I'm like a listener and I'm listening through it all. And I'm like, how can they not remember? Having now done a podcast for like two and a half years, mm -hmm. I definitely don't remember like a ton of things well, that I say <laughs> or it's you like say. I was saying... And I'm like, so when people mention things out of the blue, uh, yeah. another YouTube comment saying something about like, backwards backwards caps are like terrible and i'm like is that something that we said at some point like oh i do i do remember that one i was saying how uh hudson's the canadian bar has that rule where you're not allowed to wear your hat backwards uh, but you're allowed to wear it frontwards which i still think is horseshit either have a no hat rule or anything goes you shouldn't <laughs> be allowed to say whether you can wear it straight on or to the side it's horseshit yeah. I, I remember that but so it was like i was saying last week like the author thing where some of those guys are like, don't make notes because once you write it down, then it leaves your mind forever. Uh, where in the podcast world, I can say safely, once we've done the podcast for ep uh, for movies that are run of the mill, like sisters, I don't remember anything about what we talked about. Mm -hmm. Almost not at all. And it's not like that was a long, that was like within, I don't know what the last year. A uh, year ago. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I don't remember that shit at all, man. So yeah. once it once you get it out, it's gone. <laughs> it's gone, man. Like it, it is gone. I don't remember uh, anything anymore. Yeah. So and and it's uh, like and it is kind of like we lost a bet because we have to do this every week and we don't we did to... lose a bet, the bet of life. Yeah, exactly. We've said many times this is not ideal. I don't know. I don't think we're super snarky, but I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. People can email in if they if. Email in, say whether or not we're assholes. Man, all this like negativity, man. It's just like, why, why even do this shit? You know. Oh wait, hey, we have, but we have no other choice now. <laughs> we have this. We're God, locked in. We have if to. We, we have to. We can't, we can't stop. Jared, you, if you, we even, stop, even, we'll even forever through, be even those people. This shit. This these yeah. these like putskies. Well, remember how how often we refer to all those other chump Criterion podcasts that uh -huh. just gave up? It's like it's it's almost. Right now, it's like almost like trying to prove a point where it's like, well, all those other fuckers gave up. I see now why they did, because it's a miserable life. Yeah, because they just get well actually. Well, actually, and then also like I've said before, I can't enjoy Criterion's anymore. Like I don't watch them outside <laughs> of what we're doing, which is a bummer because that's why we started doing this to begin with. But it was like, well, I just like to pick and choose the ones I wanted to watch, and now it's like, well, we're gonna watch the importance of being earnest again. Again. <laughs> Again. So anyways, anyways, I don't know. These bad people, they're they're bad. And they're bad people, Jarrett. Yeah. But there's, good, there's I mean? good people too, I suppose. There are a few out there. There's yeah. a few. Yeah. Anyways, let's put that behind us now too. <laughs> put that puppy to bed, Jarrett. Hey, RJ. Mm-hmm. Have a drink there. What yep. you been creeping on this week? Jared, I did some heavy creeping you, for you. Yeah, this week. heavy, heavy flow. Heavy flow, heavy creeping. All right. So, what do you want to hear about first? You want to hear about uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson? Uh, I suppose. You know him. I'm aware. Are you familiar I'm, with I'm, him? I'm aware of his main eventing WrestleMania. Okay. Well, he, he is a world celebrity, and he made a movie with a director that he has made another movie with. A movie that I saw once. Uh, the director's name is Brad Payton. And he made a movie I saw on an airplane on the person in front of me's screen. Uh, I had no headphones, mm -hmm. but I watched the whole movie. 
that was called San Andreas. Uh, it was not very good. Uh, and I think I found one that was worse. So I watched the video game adaptation of Rampage. Now, are you familiar with Rampage? Uh, I know that it's a the movie that game. is supposed to be based on an arcade game. And, okay. I've, and I've played the arcade game. Yeah, so I played the arcade game. I don't know where you were playing it, but I remember v- very uh, vividly that at the Lethbridge, so- or the sorry, the Creepsville Soccer Center, they had one of these arcade machines. And I think even the Movie Mill, our second-run theater, I think they maybe had a Rampage arcade cabinet too. I can't remember. But there was there was one or two kicking around in town. So I played it there. I remember when this movie was announced, I was like, Rampage? I was like, what is this movie going to be about? Guess what, Jared? I found out what this movie was about. So I watched this because it was on Crave. Uh, And the the marketing for this movie was that it was it's a bromance between uh, it's like a buddy cop movie between Dwayne Johnson and uh, a huge gorilla named George, an albino gorilla like in the game, Jared. So I was like, I like gorillas. I like stuff like that. I'm going to check it out. Uh, I think probably naively and uh, a fault of my own was that I didn't realize that there would be gross animal abuse in this thing, which not like a ton, but there's enough. And I was like, "Eh, I don't like that. So this movie, Jared, Dwayne Johnson's a primatologist. He works with George. And uh, there is an evil corporation, mustache twirling evil people who are doing experiments in space. The experiment thing blows up and it crashes on Earth. Animals across the globe are exposed to this. One of them being George. Another one being a wolf. And then another one yet being a gator or a crocodile. I I don't know which one it is, a gator or a crocodile. doesn't matter. Uh, So what happens is they, they go near this nuclear stuff and they start to grow and they start to evolve and they're crazy now and they become gigantic. So the rock is concerned about his buddy George because it's his best friend. Uh, and he's going through changes. Uh, the rest of the world, the evil mustache people are trying to contain the things like the wolf. I really did not like this movie. I went into it because I was like working at the time. I was working on my computer. So I was like, I'll just pop on this in the background. I don't think it'll be good. So I don't think I'll miss anything. Uh, What I did watch of this, I wasn't super into. uh, Mostly because it's it it just seemed like they wrote this thing in like a day. It was horrible fucking dialogue. Like really terribly corny jokes. Um, Kind of a lot like what you would expect. It'd be like oh, he's a big boy. And then it would look at the rock and they'd be like, not him. (laughs) And then it would like go back to the gorilla and you'd be like, oh, that's gross. Uh, The evil, like the antagonist, they they suck. It's uh, Malin Ackerman, who I think I've said before, I don't really like her. I think she's kind of annoying. She's like a business owner and she's like, we got to get our samples back. And uh, she has a brother and the brother's like, what about our corporation? We're losing money. Oh, boy. And every time they're on screen, you're like, you're like, these people suck. They have they serve no purpose in this because like you could have set that stuff up that a company did it in one line of dialogue and not had to show it. So they were there just to pad time. They serve no purpose. Uh, the way that they explain the science in this is pretty fucking hilarious. Uh, a lady goes to Google 
types in CRISPR and then shows you the Google results of CRISPR and that's how they explain it, which is fine, I guess. But I thought it was pretty funny that they this movie just has a walkthrough of a Google search. So I don't know if you're familiar with CRISPR, Jarrett. I actually know a little bit about CRISPR from my work in the lab. Um, it's like genetic alteration and stuff like that. CRISPR is actually pretty scary because uh, I think if to be used for like chemical, like biological warfare, like you could do, you could fuck up the world with CRISPR, I think. So it, it is a pretty scary like advancement that we made. But anyways, the reasoning, like the, the explanation for this stuff is CRISPR. But this movie in general, I just... I don't know. I know that people go into these for the action and not all the other stuff, but the other stuff I thought was such a bummer. I was like, okay, okay, move it along. Like, you know, what's going to happen. The dialogue is pretty lazy. It's pretty bad. And then the actual rampaging, I thought they really skimped out on. Uh, there's like a couple scenes of the monsters, George and Ralph, like the wolf, they're going around beating up the buildings together together. And I was like, okay, they tried a little bit, but it's just not enough for me, man. It just wasn't enough. You know what I mean? I guess I'll take your word for it. <laughs> so anyways, uh, rampage. I'm, I'm not really on board for it. it's fine. It's just, it's not very good. It's fine, but not very good. Yep. Hey, Jared, do you want to hear about some shutter exclusives? Oh, you, you took the plunge on the shutter. So yeah, I, uh, I mentioned before I got the I got like an Amazon Fire Stick and that's how I got got Crave because I was like oh I can get Crave on my TV now and Amazon Prime now I don't have to connect my computer to my TV like a real chud uh, and then Shutter was on there and I was like oh I'll give it a try so I actually used uh, one of a one of the I think two other podcasts I listened to they had a promotional code for Shutter so I was like I'll try that out so I got like thirty free days and then they actually. So I signed up for the 30 free days and then like a monthly account. And then they emailed me and they're like, hey, if you sign up for the annual account, we'll give you 40% off. So it's only like $25 for a year. So I was like, that's not a bad deal. That's like a dollar and a half a month almost, like two bucks a month. Why not? So I, I did that. So I took the plunge on Shutter, And I got to say, so all of like the frustration I had on Crave, mm -hmm. uh, Shutter is I think an even smaller company and a lot of that stuff isn't there. Uh, Shutter's owned by AMC, so they're not super it makes, small. Yeah, a smaller library, I guess. Yeah, maybe. yeah I probably. But, yeah, so they they have like a pretty small library, but there's, there's still a, a good bit of content. I'll say though too, like the support stuff, because the way that the memberships worked and then the way that the website is set up or the app, platform uh it's pretty good it, it was working really good the only issue i have and i don't think it's shutter i think it's the amazon fire stick so when i pop the app back up it doesn't have like a continue watching so i started a movie and i got an hour into it there was a half hour left and i opened shutter again and there was no way for me to find it i had to go back to my watch list and then i clicked on it and it started from the start again and i was oh. like well that's it's like that's annoying like it's not that's, a it's uh... not a huge deal but so I don't think it's Shutter though because I pulled up Shutter on my phone yeah. and it did have the thing there where it was like continue watching. Hmm. So I was like, oh, that's just Amazon Fire Stick being real shitty. Hmm. Anyways, that is, that Jared, is shitty though. 
Yeah. What do you want to hear about first, Terrified or Cold Hell? Tell me about Cold Hell. Okay, so I watched three Shudder movies. They're all Shudder exclusives. Man, you can't watch that shit anywhere else. So I watched Cold Hell. This movie's got some pretty high ratings on uh, Letterboxd from people I follow, at least. I think it's Austrian. I could be wrong. Uh, so Cold Hell is... It's okay. It's it's not a bad movie. I wasn't super into it. Uh, but what it's about is... I think the story's pretty standard. You have this lady who's a taxi driver. And she's like driving around... And I think she goes into her apartment. She looks across the window one day and there's a guy in the hotel across the street from her and he, there's a dead hooker on the floor and she's like, Oh shit, is that a dead hooker? And then she's figuring it out. And then she looks up and she realizes that the guy is right there and he's been looking at her the whole time. They, they meet eyes. So they're like, "Uh Oh, uh, so then she goes on the run and I think that it's built up like a, like a cat and mouse thing. But here's the kicker, Jarrett. This lady, she's not just a cab driver. She is trained in Muay Thai fighting. Oh, Are you familiar with Muay Thai? I am fighting? as a watcher of MMA. So she, there, there is a introduction to this where uh, she goes into a sparring with a guy. The guy is the nice guy, mansplaining type dude. And he's a real prick to her. Uh, so she beats the shit out of him. So it shows you that she means business. Uh, so the lady who is the main actress, uh, what is her name? Violetta Schwarola. Exactly how it's pronounced, I'm right. sure. Uh, she She's really good in this, actually. She, she does good. Uh, but so that's the setup for this movie. And the rest of the movie is the killers knows who she is. So she's trying to fi- or he's trying to find her. She's not like a dumb lady, so she's kind of constantly moving. So it's a little bit of back and forth. You get introduced to like some cop characters. Uh, she doesn't know if she can trust them, Jarrett. So she's like moving back and forth. Uh, it's okay. Um, like I think it's a very well put together movie. Uh, there's nothing bad about it. Um, it's filmed nice. The acting is good, and I. Everything like all the things kind of go together really well. Uh, the only thing that I wasn't super hot on was just the story itself because I was like, this isn't anything like mind blowing. This isn't revolutionary stuff. I, th- I feel like I've seen this before. So it's not bad. It's a, it's a well put together movie. I just, I didn't get much out of the story, but here's the one thing, Jared. So you get introduced to this cop character who's like kind of a nice guy. He's got his own problems with his family life. And then you get this scene where he puts his dog in the trunk of a car and then drives the dog home. And I was like, whoa, what is this? And then he brings the dog into his house and then he pushes it. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What the hell is going on here? And like I know people on the internet are probably like, well, that's symbolism, man. Because like in a later scene with a trunk and it's like, I don't care. I, I don't care about this symbolism and these metaphors that you're doing in here. I was like, poor guy. I, I doubt that they actually drove the car with the dog in the trunk, but <laughs> even not. to even to build that guy's character, it's like he he doesn't care, man. I was like, why? Why is that necessary in this? <laughs> so, anyways, Cold Hell's okay uh, if you're in to that sort of movie, then I, I guess I suggest you watch it. But, uh, I thought the story was 
okay, but the movie's pretty well made. Have I sold you on Cold Hell? I know uh, some. So what, the podcast I use the promotion code for uh-huh. for Shutter, they're a huge, huge Cold Hell supporter. They they all have like five stars for this thing, and I'm like, okay, I, I, I think just like, one, just one of them, just just one just, of just them, just old okay. Rob Rob G. I, I like I actually like Shutter. I think it's a pretty good platform. Yeah. And these Shutter exclusives, I'm gonna keep watching them. But uh, I don't know. Cold Hell was fine. I don't know where these five stars are coming from. That's pretty. That's pretty. Uh, it's always like I don't know when people get that scoop, they get that like high of like I just watched this movie before everybody else. It's so fucking yeah. good. And then you, everyone else watches and goes, "Oh, that's it, huh?" Okay, so I actually had that with the next one, which isn't even a scoop. But uh, so the next Shutter exclusive I watched was terrified. Oh, did you have anything else to say about Cold Hell? Are um, you whether I'm interested? sold? Not really. I mean, I read this on like I, I, my uh, interest. It's not really exclusively horror. It just sounds like it's like a, like a thriller type of thing. It's a thriller. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. Yeah, not my. I usually watch them, and I just wind up kind of not being that impressed until one comes along that I'm like wowed by. But yeah. You'd probably be around where I was. You it's, you might be colder on it even than it's like I that am. Movie, um, there's that movie at Revenge, which I think is haunted. that's a Shutter exclusive yeah. too. I was so I I was actually looking on Letterboxd, and there's not a ton of like uh, Shutter lists on here for the exclusives. There was a there's like two people that have a ranked list on there, and so what I did was they had drastically different lists on what they thought were the best Shutter exclusives, uh, but. Cold Hell was like in the top five for both of them, so I was like, "Oh, I'll watch that one." Or Beyond the Walls on any of those? That one is there too. I was gonna watch that, but that's like uh, that's a series, right? Like three. It's only yeah, but it's like three three hours, if that. Not even. I think two. Okay, I'll watch that this week, maybe. Yeah, it's it's not too long at all. Uh, Mm -hmm. Continue. Tell me about Terrified. Okay, so Terrified is another one that I've heard about, and a lot of people were talking about how it's this this surprise hit, right? Uh, so Terrified is from Argentina. Uh, it takes place in Buenos Aires, which I've been to, Jared. Wow. Have I ever told you that? Did you get a sweet tan? No, it was really fucking cold when I went there. Oh. Uh, and uh, I, I was in, there was a lot of pasta and fries. It doesn't matter. Anyway, so this is Buenos Aires. Uh, I think, I don't think the people who made Rec are involved in this, but I kind of had that feel. Maybe it's just because it was from Argentina. And I was like, oh, this is like Rec. Because it's from the same country, and I'm a terrible bigot. And, and the people talk funny. Yeah, they talk funny in here. Yeah. So anyways, I didn't actually know what Terrified was about at all. I've just heard buzz where people are like, oh, there's like this, uh, the, the this thing in horrible. here that's actually scary. Yeah, the poster's bad, and that the poster actually, that's not in the movie. Oh. <laughs> at no <laughs> point does a, does a man get ripped in half. Yeah. it's that it's, This it's bald hideous. naked man is, is in the movie, but his, his head never like... Like, yeah. is it, it's just like that that poster and the font like oh it's mm. it's awful there there's so many better things that you could take from the, this movie than that uh so i didn't know anything about this and uh, i gotta say jared when i was watching this the first 15 to 20 minutes i thought were like fantastic i thought it had great tension they built this great atmosphere and i was i was watching it by myself andrea was gone for the night she was uh, staying with her sister so i was like i'm a pop on terrified in the first 20 minutes i was like holy fuck i was like i'm actually kind of scared maybe because i'm alone maybe because i was you know drinking those beers and stuff but uh i i think the first 20 minutes of this movie are great and then there's the rest of the movie which is not bad uh i think terrified's 
pretty good. The, that opening two sequences are awesome. So I'll, I'll tell you a little bit of what Terrified is about, Jared. It's about a haunted neighborhood. So it's like a whole little suburb, suburb, but not even a suburb. It's like one street, a haunted street. So uh, there's like three houses on the street, and they're all they all are experiencing some form of like supernatural occurrence. So uh, one lady on one end of the street, uh, her little kid got ran over by a bus. And then the next day, the little kid is back in her house. Like the, or not the next day after the little kid is buried, the little kid is back in her house. That sounds funny. It's, it's kind of played as like a joke. Uh, so like the police are like, well, she, they're like, she clearly did it. Like she can't cope with the stress. But then, like, it's like, but did she? Uh, the other house is a guy where his wife is murdered. That's in the setup. I don't think that's a spoiler. But no uh, the, the way the way it actually happens, I thought was kind of cool. Um, I was like, oh, that's neat. I was like, that's kind of like unsettling, I guess. I don't know. It's kind of creepy. So there's that. And then the next house is a guy who lives alone and he's being haunted. His is the, his is definitely the scariest. So he is like, he can't sleep at night because there is a tall, bald, naked man wreaking havoc in his house. So this, this bendy naked man is usually hiding under his bed and his limbs are usually bent up and stuff like that, which is pretty good. It's it looks good. Uh, and then like so he'll look he'll be looking around his house and there's a lot of like shadow play. You know what it actually reminded me of was um, they made it was that short and then they made a movie of it. Uh, Lights Out. Mm, yeah. So it reminded me a lot of Lights Out because there's a lot of play where uh, he'll have the lights on and the lights will go out and then he'll see the naked man's shadow like move around and he'll like go to plug it back in and stuff. Uh, so I think that that's in the first like 15 minutes. I think all that set up with the bendy naked man, that stuff's great. Really good. Uh, so the, you have the setup, uh, of two of the three houses. And then from there, what happens is you get introduced to a cop who is investigating one of them. And then, uh, two like paranormal researchers who are brought in, like they get, they got a bunch of calls to come here. They didn't think it was serious until like people were actually dying. So then the middle part of this movie is them kind of going over what's happening at each house. And then the third act is one of these three people is spending the night in one of these houses and they're all kind of going through what was going on in them. Uh, so I actually really like the idea. I think it's super cool. Like the haunted neighborhood. I like that a lot. Uh, I like, I like the bendy naked man. I think that's the best part of this movie. Uh, the other one, the other two are fine. Uh, this movie has a lot of, it's got some good spooks, Jarrett. I know you're into that spooky stuff. There's some nice, like small details where it's like kind of things peeking around the frame in the corners. I like that. And, uh, it's only 90 minutes. So it, it goes like, it goes by pretty quick, which I like. The only thing is I think the opening is super strong. And then I think it kind of, it loses it for the rest of the movie. So I think it loses it a little bit. And then at the end, they do get into some shady CGI type stuff. But uh, I don't know. I was I was like, this is pretty good. It's worth a watch for sure. Yeah, so I'll, I, uh, I would watch this come creeped over. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, no, it's, it's good. I think the first 
like I said, first 15, 20 minutes, awesome. The rest of the movie is entertaining enough, but I don't think the, I don't think they can hold that, um, that intensity, intensity that they set up right from the start. So not bad. I liked it. So have you saved up those, uh, greasy, uh, diarrhea shorts for Mandy? I I have so I don't want to I don't want to disappoint our write-in fans. So here's the thing, Jared. I don't like sometimes I don't like telling people that we do a podcast, and it's not because I'm a prick or an asshole, but it's sometimes because it's like people will be like, "Well, what do you think about this movie or that movie?" And if it's real life, I can kind of be like, "Oh well, whatever." Uh, I'll be like, "I haven't seen it." looks good i haven't seen it yet but sometimes when we watch the movies on the podcast i try not to lie to you i try to give you my honest opinion and when i know it's a movie that other people really like and i go into it and i'm it's like i'm not gonna like it i'm not gonna like it i watch it it's like i didn't like it and then i go on here then it's like well now i now i have to like say that i didn't like this movie and i know other people like it and so here's the thing with mandy (laughs) I didn't think I was going to like it. I never thought I was going to like it because I don't like Panos Cosmatos. I don't, well, I don't like him. You, you didn't like uh, I did Beyond the Black like Rainbow, which, which I also did not like. Yeah. Um, and then I I saw Mandy some months ago and uh, I was like, yeah, I don't like I don't like his movies. I don't like how he does anything. And yep. uh, I wasn't sure if you would like this movie or not because uh, – I don't know. I, I was just like, maybe you'll be into this. Maybe you're mm-hmm. like Nick Cage will win you over. But I'm like, but at the same time, I'm like this movie's like has so many elements of like Rob Zombie, and uh, like mm-hmm. it is like most like indulgent. And I'm like, RJ's not into that. RJ's not feeling this thing. So uh, I don't think the the chances were not good that you would like this. So here's the thing with Mandy Jer. I've had many many people tell me that I should watch this. And like I appreciate when people are like, yo, you should watch this. I, I, I think you'd like it. And I have lots of friends who really liked it. Uh, I know Corpse liked it quite a bit, as he mentioned in his email. Uh, a friend of the show, Ryan Nagel, liked it quite a bit. Uh, and a lot of people are like, when are you going to watch that? And I put it off for a long time because I was like, I don't think I'm going to like it. So I would rather not watch it and not have to talk about it than watch it and then go on the podcast and be like, you know what? I didn't like it. But you know what, Jared? I didn't like it. Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't like Panos Cosmatos. I really didn't like Beyond, uh, Beyond the Black Rainbow. I thought that was the worst shit. I thought that was pretty bad. This one, I think, is way more accessible. It's not as pretentious. It, it's a little bit still, but I think it's probably the right type of pretentious for most people because it's not too indulgent over the top. But it is still indulgent and a little bit over the top. Uh, I don't know what it is, man. Like, there isn't one thing that I'm just like, oh, I don't like this about his movies. I just, I kind of don't like how his movies flow. And there's certain things that I feel like, I don't know, I feel like they don't really fit together. Because I think that some of his stuff he takes from other movies, which is like fine. But I feel like certain elements, I don't know if they work very well together. And I don't know. There, there are certain scenes like scenes that I think some people are probably really into, but I was kind of like, I don't like this. Like, um, all this stuff with the cult, 
like the setup with the cult yep. and how they operated. I was like, I don't like how this is playing out. And it's not because <clears throat> because I don't like cults and stuff like that. Because, I mean, nobody really does unless you're in one. But I was like, I don't. I'm not into this. And I think that's that's the best way I can describe my opinion on this movie was I just wasn't really into it. If you like it, that's fine. Like, I can see why people do like it. I can see why it's an appealing movie. It's got it's got nice visuals. The story is uh, like it's like I said, it's accessible. You can kind of tap into it. Nick Cage is really good. Uh, I didn't think there was enough Nick Cage, to be honest. I, I could have used more of him. Hmm. The biker Cenobites, yep. I thought they I thought they were cool, but yeah, they were they were uh, cool in principle, but then they don't really do a whole heck of a lot. They watch porn with their seven uh, seven David Fincher style blade dicks. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, there isn't anything big that what, I can say that Cheddar I, I think, Goblin. Like, what about Cheddar Goblin? If you people are like really into Cheddar Goblin, and I, I think it's like the most tryhard thing in the world. You, you know what I actually liked way more was when Don Doler was fucking on TV when they were eating their TV dinner and they were watching. Uh, was it Night Beast or was it um something else? Alien Beast. I think it's like uh Alien Factor. Alien Factor, yeah. Maybe. I was like, when that came on, I was like, oh fuck! I was like, is that Don Doler? It's like you know what that is. <laughs> yeah, I was like, nice. I can I can appeal to this. Yeah. The Cheddar Goblin thing, I didn't. I thought it was fine for a second. I was like, was this real? And then I was like, oh, he puked on those kids. This can't be real. Okay, never mind. <laughs> oh, that was the, t- the tip off. Yeah, that was the tip off. Well, I was. I don't know. I'll, I'll give stuff a chance, but I don't know, man. Like. There's nothing really, it's like I said, it's it's kind of a cop-out, but there's nothing really I didn't like about it. I just, I'm, I'm not into this guy's movies. I don't really like Pana, Panos Cosmatios. Like, so uh, I remember at this point liking the the use of paperback novel fonts, like for the inter, for the intertitles. Those, mm-hmm. those are all like really nice. Yep. Um, but I, I, again, like my, like the thing I shit on in this movie hard is the, uh, the chainsaw duel. I think that like super, hey, that, that was very lame. You know what? That reminds me of what of hmm. that. I said, that's not words. I said just there, you know what? That reminds me a lot of what fucking Texas chainsaw well, that's, that's, too. That's, that's, that's what it's referencing probably. And but like, I know, but, 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 but... I, I'd say that like, this is like not even as good as that. Like it's so inert. Like it's so like, I already know that he's going to win and then he does. And then like, it's all, but it's always so drawn out. Everything in the movie just feels unnecessarily drawn out because that makes it more like impactful and meaningful. And it's Mm -hmm. just like that, that self-awareness just kills me and kills my ability to like the movie. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. And like there, there's stuff that I liked about it. Like, there were certain elements of the story that I liked, and like I said, I I I like Nick Cage. I think it's cool. I liked I liked when he was iron smithing his own like sword that he used a bit. I liked when he was doing coke and stuff like that. I thought that was like I think he was good in this. And there's certain elements of the movie that I like, but I don't know. I just I I had a really hard time getting into it, and I don't know if it's the hype machine or things like that. But I was like, I'm not into this, and. I was like, I don't, I, I knew that going into it, but I gave it a shot and I don't know. I don't have, I don't have anything super negative to say. It's just, I don't know. I, 
I'm not into this. I'm not into this guy. I don't. I don't. I don't like him. Mm. I don't. If he makes another movie next year with another big actor, like not big, let's say a, a faded actor, and it's like a revival. Let's say he makes a movie with Ray Liotta, and it's like the everyone's next thing. I probably won't like that either. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, know. It might be a while, it might be a long time before he makes another movie. But this movie was like it ripped up all the the theater scene and made all this money. All these people wanted to go see it in theater and were complaining mm-hmm. about movies being available immediately for streaming. And it's a Shutter exclusive, dude. It is now, yeah. It is now. Actually, Shutter has a. If you are a Mandy fan, Shutter has a bunch of like Mandy uh, bonus content, like uh, behind the scenes and deleted scenes and shit like that. Shutter's got some nice stuff. I like it. I'm gonna. Wow. I'm gonna keep. You, they, hey, they should. They should. Uh, give maybe us some they promo should endorse our. Well, I'll talk about them, but I'll. It's like I'll talk about them honestly. Cold Hell was okay. I don't like Mandy. Terrified was good. There you go. So there you go. Are you tired, Jared? You tired out, Jared? Tired, tired, RJ. Me too. And, and we're we're not even halfway there. Oh, hey, RJ, I watched two movies. Anything good? No. Um, number one, I watched. Cool. Good luck, Miss Wyckoff. Uh, are you familiar with this film, RJ? It sounds just fucking horrible. I don't know what it is, but it doesn't sound good, dude. So this is a '70s movie released from our good friends Vinegar Syndrome. Since we're we're just uh. like calling out all the labels. Well, we got to take them, though, so they that they know that we're endorsing them. But, but we're not, though. We're actually saying this particular movie is not that great. Well, was it bad? Yeah, okay, we'll no, take it's not a good. different episode. Yeah, so this this movie here, um, it, uh, on that other that podcast that you were mentioning, this is another mm-hmm. movie that's been talked up. Uh, one of the dudes, Joe from uh, Vinegar Syndrome, he was talking mm-hmm. about like movies that they've released that people should be watching, and this was one of them, talking about how it's like this like real, like, legit made like prestige drama movie that they set out to make uh but it turned out all weird and messed up and it's like yeah there's a reason why no one talked about this movie because it's like um actually to me if it was a better version of the movie it would be like a uh Lars von Trier movie like mm. this idea this sort <laughs> of like uh white progressive woman who's like White. Yeah, yeah, that's very important because it's like oh. it's 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 a period piece set in 1954, and so she's like this teacher. Uh, she's a like 35 year old virgin uh, who's never been with a man, uh, and she's now going through uh, uh, like premature menopause, mm-hmm. and uh, so she's like having like these hysterical breakdowns and meltdowns, and uh, she goes to see her doctor who examines her, and it, it really nails the uh, creepiness of being ex- examined by a man, even with a nurse in the room, uh, in your, your lower bits. Uh, How examined? Oh, uh, gynecologically. I wish you didn't say that. Well, you shouldn't have asked. <laughs> okay. And then, so, but he basically, uh, I believe the paraphrase is uh, use it or lose it. As far mm-hmm. as uh, using your body out there, he comments that she's a very attractive woman, and mm. uh, you're like, oh, so this very attractive very, young man. So she starts seeing a psychiatrist who lives out of town, played by uh-huh. old Donald Pleasance. He's, oh. he's very Donald Pleasance like, um, yeah. And she starts getting macked on by the uh, the the bus driver, like the Greyhound bus driver, who's kind of like a honky tonk mm. man looking man. He's a uh, what? Honky tonk man, the pro wrestler. Oh, okay. Yeah, like an old country singer, sideburns, kind of like that Elvis hair, but he's a bus driver, mm. and he's like, 
making talk with her, talking about he's getting sweet on her, even though it's like, oh, no, he's married with kids. And then she's starting to like, well, I mean, if he's willing to, that sounds great. But it's like, <laughs> oh, no, he left town. <laughs> and then she's like, oh, all sad. But then RJ, mm. so she's a school teacher at a high school, teaching her hey. classes. And then one day she gets kind of cornered by a black man, a a local, uh. a, a local, a, a local black kid who's going to like the like community college, I guess, in the area. And hey. uh, oh, RJ, and then like yeah, he, he he just like this dude. He comes to work. He's wearing his coveralls, but nothing underneath. And he's just kind of like, and he's just like, nobody does that. So he's just, well, he does. It's, it's Kansas. I guess that's kind of the mm. South. And he's just like open chest. <sighs> his open chest is open. And he's like kind of talking to her and just like running his hand down his body. And she's like, oh, uh, no, I, I don't think so. And then he's just like putting his fucking hand down in front of his pants. And you're just like, huh. And uh, the, 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 could she could she exit at that point, or was um, it blocked by? Him? She does, and he guess he has that wild look in his eye. And then uh, okay. the next the next time they cross paths, uh, when she's in the classroom at the end of the day, he closes the door, and then we get this real dark, nasty rape scene. Um, and hey, so <laughs> I gotta stop you. Yo, I have real issue with this because it it doesn't sound believable at all. Because it's like this lady's just getting raped in in like the classroom. Yep. Could she not just like if she This is victim blaming, but like could she not have just left with the crowd? No, because she's stuck around at the end and then like she's like still in the room and then he shows up because he's cleaning up. He's like the custodian. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But Still. So, but then, so what happens at this point, though, is that, like, it kind of takes this dark turn of, like, this sort of, like, sadomasochistic kind of, like, master-slave kind of dynamic where he's, like, telling Mm -hmm. her what to do. And she's kind of getting into it because she has no real template and it's like so it's playing with this idea though because there's these these elements that they drop it's like well you know you pushed for these people in the school not this kid per se but the other like black kids that are going to school at the high school who are like younger but like because he also like so he's like working as custodian but he's also working in the kitchen and stuff like that it's like a small town Mm -hmm. and of course like so so now she's starting to carry on with this guy and we're getting all these like real uh greasy scenes in the classroom of him just like cornering her and it just keeps like accelerating and getting Mm -hmm. more debauched um and then uh one one day they're found out and then of course you can imagine how 1954 small town america uh responds and it's like in fact though it's more the um the 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 woman gets it worse in the situation where it's like they they really turn against her because she should have she should have done something um and so, so it's, it's like, not like holes when uh, they kill the guy and uh, the girl's like, no, we was in love. And it's like, and not, not against the law for yeah. you to be in love with no. him, just so, against the law so for him she, to be in love she, with you. She gets. And let me talk about holes. Don't cut me off. <laughs> I'm talking about holes here. Holes. That's got John Voight in it. Yeah. No, wait. You didn't say John Voight was in that movie, did you? What? <laughs> Continue. Yeah. So continue this movie. I think yes. if this material in the hands of a Lars von Trier would be like something worth talking about, okay. um, like it would fit with his, like uh, his American trilogy he did back in the day with Dogville, Manderley. This would be like right at home at it. Um, okay. But this movie just kind of feels like it's just like a melodrama. 
Like it plays, it's like, it's like a 1970s dark version of like a Douglas Sirk movie. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, like, that we've talked about previously. A dark version of, uh, written on the wind. Far, far from heaven. <laughs> it's, but it's like, isn't that what your, uh, sc- capes is about your screenplay? Uh, well, no one will, or no, your movie. No, no, no one's ever going to find out. <laughs> oh, so I don't know this movie, like for how much people are like getting super hot about it, being like, oh man, it's an undiscovered classic from the seventies. I was like, no, it never goes, it never gets that good. It's like, there's yeah. a reason why this movie's kind of been left to the dustbin. It's just like not nothing special, which is, which was a disappointment. Well, I've yeah. said the same about you many times. Yeah. Uh, my last movie I'll talk about here mm-hmm. is, the Lego Batman movie. Hey, before you talk about Lego Batman, uh, I find I think the idea of that movie is really gross. Uh, it's uh, it's lurid. It's trash. I mean, there's that movie came from like this era. There was like this movie Mandingo that like people mm. like hate on, and it's like it's because just I think they hate on it for, for its material and not the fact that it's just like one of the most boring movies I've seen ever um this but it's like this like weird obsession with like interracial stuff in movies at the time that just like now it's just like who who ever cared about this but mm. it was a hot button issue well it's gross yeah and i want i want you to know that i think it's gross okay okay continue so, well, tell me about lego batman well this movie i guess also i mean someone might say it's about interracial love whoa <laughs> With who? Catwoman? Who's like a cat woman who only says meow. In this. Oh, it's a literal cat woman. In well, this. It's, no, it's like it's like cat woman, but she's just like meow, meow. Is anyway. it Holly Berry cat okay. woman? Let, no, I don't, I don't even know. Okay, what tell she me is. about Lego Batman. Yeah, shut up. Okay. So I never saw the Lego movie. Oh, um, so you skipped to Batman? Yeah, because I don't, I don't know. I didn't care about the Lego movie, but I didn't realize that like. Bat Job was introduced in that. And so mm-hmm. I just start watching this movie and it's just, I think it makes this assumption that everyone has watched the Lego movie and then are mm-hmm. watching it. So I was like, what the hell's up with this Batman? Like, mm-hmm. wh- wh- why is he such an arrogant jerk? I'm not familiar with this kind of Batman. Mm-hmm. So that, that threw me off for like a while. And it th- I didn't even realize it was Will Arnett until he's Bruce Wayne. And then it's like really clear. It's his voice. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, Oh, okay. I see. It's Bat Job. Ha ha. So um, the Lego Batman. You haven't seen this, right? I've seen the Lego movie. Okay, where Lego Batman was introduced. Yeah. So and I'm I not guess, a chud. I guess like that character was like popular enough to get his own movie. Is how it worked sure. out. How, Why how, not? Yeah. How how did you like the Lego movie, Batman? Uh, I liked when I saw the Lego movie. I liked it. I feel like if I had if I rewatched that movie, I don't think I'll like it again. Um, but I'll just leave it in my memory as being like, yeah, I like that movie. Uh, I thought Lego Batman was fine. Will Arnett was fine. I can't remember it that much. When did Lego movie come out? Like five years ago, maybe? Probably something like that. So it's been a while. Four I, years. I, yeah, my, I don't know. Okay. It was fine. So I just like went into this cause I like Batman and, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I, I felt like there was like some comparisons, I think to, uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Mm. of late and so i was like well i i got this for like cheap on blu-ray like it was like three dollars and so i was like yeah cool i'll buy that and uh i was just like i want to watch something really easy this saturday afternoon and so i watched this mm-hmm. and uh yeah i don't know um my the biggest thing that surprised me watching this was how ugly 
I found this to be. The like storyboarding was cruddy. The compositions mm. were like always bad. It always seemed like every all the action was taking place like shot too far away from it. Like they were trying to put too much always in the frame. The colors are garish and hideous. Like it's just overload. Mm-hmm. Um just like comparing this to like watching Spider Man into the Spider Verse, it's like this is not very good. Like it's what do you what do you think about that Teen Titans Go? Do you think that fits in here too? No, like that's a completely different like That's a different beast? That's a different beast. I mean I've That's never, on Crave. Should I watch it? Teen Titans Go, like the cartoon? Yeah. Like are you talking the about movie. The, the movie? I have no idea. I, I did you ever watch the animated series that it is based Go? on? No. Okay, well I don't know. I don't. I don't care. I'm just. I'm just connecting the dots, Jared. Okay. Well, I'm anyway, just connecting the dots. So the the the, the story of Lego Batman is that yes. ba- Batman is an arrogant jerk who doesn't care about anybody. That's how but it that's starts. That's not off. Batman, and, though. And, is and, that? He, and he and he beats all the bad guys. Like so, the movie opens up with like okay. what would be the conclusion of a superhero movie, where like Joker has united mm-hmm. all of the Bat Gallery, uh, like every like everybody except for goddamn Bookworm. I mean, they got King Tut, Egghead. All, all the everything, every egghead, egghead, yeah, they have an egghead uh, cameo in there. Uh, they have uh, Billy D. Williams's Two Face, which is like a real nod to those uh, superhero <sighs> trivia Easter egg type of people. Well, he was gonna be, he was Harvey Dent. He was going to be Two Face. Did you not know? Yeah, exactly. So, did you not know? I, I, I uh, was aware. Oh, okay. So good. So Batman beats everybody, and that's kind of the joke. And then like. Sure. Uh, in his arrogance, uh, when Joker's like, "Well, you need me. I'm like your greatest villain." He's like, "I don't need anybody. I don't even care about you." <laughs> and this mm-hmm. like really makes Joker sad, which like motivates Joker to like come up with a bigger plot to make Batman appreciate him. And uh, mm-hmm. this leads him to uh, come up with this plot where they all get arrested and put into Arkham Asylum where they start making it mm-hmm. seem like they're plotting something and then this puts it into this this idea into Batman's head that, well, the only way to guarantee that Joker doesn't do anything bad, uh, I have to put him into the Phantom Zone. Cause, the Phantom Zone? Yeah, so so Batman... Some and, Superman and, shit. And, yeah, exactly. It, the Justice League show up, but they're, they're like Super Friends Justice League, so you got the Wonder mm-hmm. Twins and like all the obscure weirdos from that. Wonder uh, Twins? Yeah. That's some Super Friends shit. Yeah. That's what I just said. And uh, so so at some point, uh, uh, Will Arnett winds up with Michael Sarah Robin. Uh-huh. And uh, who's an orphan. And uh, they go they go to the Fortress of Solitude, go take that Phantom Zone ray, and uh, they send Joker away, which, you know, is against the law. But the Joker gets what mm-hmm. he wants. He goes to the Phantom Zone where he busts out all the greatest villains that are in the Phantom Zone. like Of all time? Like, like Voldemort. And Sauron, what? yes, and like, Sauron from Lord of the Rings, yes, shit, and like a Godzilla, but not Godzilla, uh, and like vampires and the Wicked Witch of the West. Hmm. Um, oh, that all, sounds cool. Well, it's whatever, and they so they all get busted out, and then um, Batman's like, "This is all my fault, and <laughs> I have to change." Yeah, it's uh, pretty by the numbers stuff. Uh, it's a mess visually. I like I said, like I was like really. Uh, surprised at how ugly I thought this was because like usually when I do watch like an animated movie I'm usually like an, in awe of how like good they look mm-hmm. like fuck even like Claudio Vicenza Meatballs I think looks so much mm-hmm. better than this and that movie's old now um, yep. but yeah like, it's just like hideous like I can't think of like actually all the best shots in it are like when they do like weird flashbacks to like visual history of like 
the successful Batman movies. Like, oh, mm-hmm. here's the iconic scene from Dark Knight Rises and from The Dark Knight and from Batman Begins and from the previous it, Batman. It's like it's like it's like wow, look at how good that composition is and how iconic. And like this movie produces nothing like that at all. What is the iconic scene from The Dark Knight Rises? Uh is it just him Bane? standing? Well, Bane, Bane, uh, we get, we do get Dark Knight Rises Bane with a voice cool. modulation, which is uh, I'm all for. I mean, if you want to run with Bane, I'd rather have that than the uh, Batman and Robin Bane. Bane. Yeah. Mm, no one likes that Bane. What about, hey, what about the CW Bane? But it's mostly like so it's like it's the poster art. No, you you know Gotham, the the CW show Gotham. What about that Bane? Is there is there a Bane in that show? Have you not seen the CW Bane? No. Oh my God, Kate! You finish whatever you're talking about. I'm gonna send you a picture of Gotham's Bane. Yeah. So. Oh my God. Anyway, I mean, you and I, you and I are both bat batsmen. We we like that's the, true. We like the Batman. Uh, true. And, but I would even say for you, it'd be like this is pretty skippable. I think it's not bad. Uh, I I will probably watch it one day if whenever it's on Netflix, unless it is already. I think it wasn't, then it wasn't. So that's why I bought this uh, for three dollars on Blu-ray. Um, I wouldn't like, I don't know. I wouldn't rush out and watch it or anything. It's like, I don't know. And, and, and just like the pop culture references, like it is like, there's so many like th- things thrown at you mm. all the time. It's the Lego stuff though. You yeah, know, it's, it's, they, it's pretty painful. They throw a lot of that stuff in. I think the important thing is that you look at your Facebook account and you look at the pictures of the Shane West Gotham Bane and you tell me which one you prefer. Shane Westbane? Are you are you are you looking? Uh, I'm doing it right now because I realize. Are you, are you looking at Bane? Oh, no, I'm getting there. I'm clicking. Are, I'm clicking. Are you are you I'm, looking I'm, at I'm, Bane? I'm mashing my thumb into the screen. He's I'm, doing some Bane mashing right now. He's gonna look up at this Shane West Bane oh, from Gotham, oh, a TV show oh, that is still running. Oh, fuck. Okay, I remember that. I remember that mm-hmm. image. That's the shits. So what is that about? Make make mine uh, Tom Hardy Bane, please. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I like Bane. Bane's cool. Yeah, you got that statue of him, don't you? <laughs> I do have that statue. Oh, are you, you know who you sold guys, me that fucking thing? You, you guys don't even want to know the like fucking bat nerd <laughs> shit that this guy's got in his house. It's hilarious. Hey, why don't you leave that shit off the air? Because people are going to yell at me and they're going to make me feel bad. Bane's cool. Yeah. That's it for my movie talk. Good. We've been talking for like two hours already somehow. Hey, RJ, got any news for us? Fuck no. I don't got any news. Did, you, have, you probably haven't watched that uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood trailer. I watched half of it without sound. Nice. And uh, I mean, that po- I'm going to watch it. That poster they released yeah. with it is horrendous. Which it's, one? It's just like them standing there. It's just oh, it's yeah. old Leo and Brad. And it's like, oh, uh, yeah, put like the Hollywood Hills behind it and then put like a 70s muscle car behind them. That'll really capture what we're going for. It's just mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. someone paid money for this. Fuck Did it. it capture what they were going for? No. It made me mad. It's like, everything looks mm-hmm. like this, though, now. Like, Netflix, like, ads. It, it, oh. Fuck, graphic design. It's just, what the state of it. So you're saying you're a fan? Yes. Okay, RJ, mm-hmm. Criterion, what? June 2019 releases. Oh, okay. Swing time. Again, a, a, a laser disc deep dive of ours coming out again now. <laughs> again, didn't they just fucking do? No, that? we we talked about. Well, we watched it for our laser disc, and then uh, I, I think when they did their teaser image, I said, "Hey, it looks like Swing Time's coming out this year." And mm-hmm. Now it's been announced. 
Whatever. Yeah, uh, we got two Bruno Dumont films coming out. I know you're a big Bruno fan. Oh, yeah, I love Bruno Dumont. He's, la, my, la he's vie, my favorite. La Vie de Jesus. And we have La Humanity, some good old existential filmmaking. Very depressing. I've never, I haven't seen either mm. of these films, but uh, that's cool. Uh, the one movie that I'm like pretty happy about coming out is Hedwig and the Angry Inch. I've never seen that. Uh, I heard it was about wieners. Uh, it's about a transgender person. Oh. In a band. So was my uh, wiener comment insensitive? Yeah, a little bit, maybe. Well, I'm being serious. I heard that movie was about wieners. That's that's, what what the Angry Inch is in reference to. That's how it was always described to as me. That's what it's about. But, uh, yeah, this movie is, uh, really, really good. It's like one of the best musicals mm-hmm. I've seen. It's actually got really good songs. Uh, it's a musical. It's a musical. Well, it's like, oh, a, I it's, didn't a, know it's, that. Like, it's like, a, it's like not like it's a grimy two thousands musical. So it's like a little bit looser, mm-hmm. but, uh, that, uh, John Cameron Mitchell from girls. I don't know what that means. Uh, you probably know him if you saw him. He, uh, Who's the, the, John Cameron Mitchell, the, the, the star and writer of this, this, this famous play. And yeah, I act. still don't know who that is. Okay. Well, anyway, he was on Girls. You watched Girls, didn't you, for some amount of time? I did. What was he on Girls? He was like um, the one publisher that uh, Hannah's dealing with. I don't fucking remember. Yeah, you'd recognize him. Anyways, so that movie's coming out. That's rad. Uh, And also, War and Peace, the Russian production that clocks in at 422 minutes. I own the Blu-ray of that, Jarrett. Do you want me to tell you about other Blu-rays that I own? What, War and Peace? Yeah. I actually, I got that for like 10 cents on Amazon when their site crashed and uh, we were buying Blu-rays for now, like a are nickel. You, are, are you talking about the 1965 version of War and Peace? I think so. Let me, it's right here. Oh Hold on. Where, where are you going? It's right, it's right here. Where is it? Oh my God. It's over in my shelf somewhere and it's over here. And uh, you know what? You, you know what? I'll find it later because yeah. we're doing a show right now. Yeah, sit the fuck down. I'm pretty sure I own that. And uh, do, do you want to know what else I own? Batman, like, ba- a Bane statue. Yeah, that's true. And, a, and two cats. I'm loving podcasts when they tell you about stuff they own. Anyways, keep going. And then uh, so that RJ uh, also yes. they're re-releasing the Ingmar Bergman trilogy with like Winter Light and all that stuff like that. That of like. Okay. Whatever. It was inevitable. But War and Peace is spine 983. Is that good? Well, it means that we're 17 titles away from the big 1,000. What do you? What are your guesses for 1,000? Do you think it's going to be a well-known movie or an I obscure sus- movie? Well, I wonder if well, it's either going to be, if I had to throw out some weird, wild guesses. I love dogs? Uh, no. Well, I mean, they haven't even released... Uh, Grand Budapest Hotel yet on Criterion. Could be, could be that then. They, I mean, that would come before Isle of Dogs. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think those are coming eventually. I mean, I would be not surprised if like a Wes Anderson's like another like 100 because I know uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox was 700 or 800. It seems like a, quin- a quinky dink, but maybe they'll save it for like a big daddy. My my dream though is that they end it. They end the, the spine numbers at 1,000. Then we have like a definitive <sighs> end point. That would be a, a gift that would be amazing, but uh, economically, as a business standpoint. Well, I, I think they keep putting up movies, but maybe they would abandon the spines. But maybe they'll mm. never do that, and then we'll be stuck doing this till we're dead. Could be. No, you'll die before me, though. If if everything works to plan, maybe. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I think that's enough of that nonsense, RJ. Good. After the break, mm-hmm. we're going to have ourselves some cucumber sandwiches. Oh, fuck. So much talk about cucumber sandwiches. And cuffs and muffins. And cocks? Freedom for the scapegoat. Leaving running jail. Roomy eyes just pierced his heart like crucifixion nails. Shaking fists and reds gleam. You never stood a chance. When the anger ran red on Flea Street, you turn your eyes to France. Enough to slice through every page Destitute and beaten by the system of the crown The better bill you swallow Dead to sweeter going down And looking back on the grand difference Looking back at the limestone walls Second half cinema united so many outstanding talents in a single motion picture. Here is the scintillating, immaculate wit of Oscar Wilde, brilliantly captured on the screen by the artistry of Anthony Asquith and a distinguished cast of stars. The moment Algernon first mentioned to me that a friend called Ernest, I knew I was destined to love you. You really love me, Gwendolyn? Michael Redgrave is the impetuous Jack Worthing. Joan Greenwood is adored, adoring Gwendolyn. And Edith Evans, the outrageous, outraged Lady Bracknell. Miss Worthing! Michael Dennison is the gay, disarming Algernon Moncrief. And Margaret Rutherford, the preposterous Miss Prism. You do not seem to realize, dear Doctor, that by persistently remaining single, a man converts himself into a permanent public temptation. Jack won't be back till Monday afternoon. That is a great disappointment. Uh, I am obliged to go up by the first train on Monday morning. Uh, I have a business appointment that I'm anxious to miss. I don't actually know who I am by birth. I was, well, I was found. Found? In a handbag. A handbag? In the cloakroom at Victoria Station. You? 
Mama. Mr. Worthing, I am unmarried. And we're back. This is the Criterion Creeps podcast, and tonight we're talking about The Importance of Being Earnest from 1952, directed by Anthony Asquith. The tagline, RJ, for this film, mm-hmm. they don't come any wilder than Oscar Wilde's classic comedy of manners, morals, and morality. What does that mean? It doesn't come any wilder than that. What does that mean? Uh, it's really, It's going to be off the hook. I failed to see the connection here, Jared. Algernon Moncrief, Algy, to his friends, is surprised to discover uh. that his affluent friend, whom he knows as Ernest, is actually named Jack Worthing. Jack fabricated his alter ego in order to escape his country estate, where he takes care of his charge, Cecily Cardrew. Cecily uh, believes that Ernest is Jack's wayward brother and is keen on his raffish lifestyle. Algernon Raffish. <laughs> What does that mean? Uh, you'll have to ask uh, Letterboxd. Okay. Algernon, seeing an opportunity, assumes Ernest's identity and sneaks off to woo Sicily. Sicily? Sicily? Is that where they go in this movie? Sicily? That's her, that's her name on the estate. Did I even watch the same movie as you? Like, what, I, I sure What are we so. talking about here? Okay. Uh, well, RJ? Uh, yes? First up, the second part of the full title of the play, uh, The Importance of Being Earnest, is a trivial comedy for serious people. Are you, well, what does that mean? Are you a serious person, RJ? I've been called worse things by better people. Um, I also want to mention right now, uh, my chucklehead co-host RJ was supposed to read the picture of Dorian Gray, but failed to do so. I'm actually, I think it's better that I didn't. Because I fail to see the connection other than the author. <laughs> but I, I I think there will be a better time to read Dorian Gray. Okay. Will there not? When is League of Extraordinary Gentlemen in uh, the Criterion? What spine number is that? That's going to be one spine 1000. You just, That'll be... Yeah, you just spoiled it. I spoiled it for everyone? Yeah. yeah. There's got to be a better time to watch Dorian Gray. Is there any other Oscar Wilde stuff in the Criterion? Like, like, what do you think is going to be coming along? I don't know. <laughs> exactly. That's so, what I'm asking. Okay, well, the reason why I thought it was relevant is because uh, that is the only thing of uh, Wilds that I've actually read. And I also consider mm-hmm. it one of the best books I've ever read. Um, I, that uh, that Oscar Wilde, RJ, I feel is a clever motherfucker. A what now? A clever motherfucker. Okay. Well, why don't I just read that book on my own time and well, I can talk have. about it on the show? You could have. It's an easy read. It's real I, smooth. I, I didn't see it for the last like month. Yeah. I couldn't get. I couldn't every, get except, to it, except man. for every week. <laughs> well, on the internet, that doesn't count. Yeah. Nothing counts on the internet, right? Yeah. yeah. I will. I'll tell you what. I think that the only appropriate time for me to watch Dorian Gray would probably be the Monterey Pop Festival because I think that it goes hand in hand together. And that's not too far away. That's like two months away. Oh, God damn. Okay. Okay. So my mm-hmm. my real introduction to Oscar Wilde uh, was a picture of Dorian Gray. 
because you know beyond pop culture references to this Oscar Wilde character who gets brought up as like you know amongst like the great literary figures, uh, was actually the Service uh, comic by Dave Sim, uh, who's actually a character in that comic book series. Uh, there's a graphic novel in that series called Melmoth that recaps a fictional version of Oscar in the storyline, but also delves into like the biographical detail and kind of the the ill fate. Uh, of Oscar Wilde uh, in mm-hmm. in reality, which I don't know how familiar you are with uh, Oscar Wilde's life. I, I'm familiar with uh, quotes. Quotes, yeah. And I know Oscar Wilde and Alexander Pope. I know that they are heavily mentioned in The Da Vinci Code, your favorite book and movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them is, at least. No, I, I know Oscar Wilde a bit. Yeah. I read how his career and life was destroyed because of homosexuality. I've heard, I've and heard of the, uh, the the Victorian times not taking kindly to it and going to, and going to jail for being a degenerate. Still happens today, man. I know they used to sterilize you for that, like thirty years ago. Yeah, there's some messed up things going on in this world still. Um, still. So yeah, that's kind of like just some. Very brief touching upon of things, I guess. When this, uh, when the play, the original play actually debuted, uh, the mother of the uh, the young man that Oscar Wilde was in a relationship with, uh, Sir, mm-hmm. Al- was it Lord Alfred? Um, his mother showed up basically to like make a scene, like bring here's your flowers, which are just like rotten vegetables and fruits and stuff like that. Um, and then she was blocked from coming in and, uh, but yeah, words started getting around in the, the lofty world of, uh, the London scene, uh, about this, this debauched Dubliner. And, uh, mm. yeah, then his, basically this play didn't get a whole lot of legs at the time, but is now regarded wildly, widely, <laughs> uh, as a, as a real, <laughs> as a one of the great literary works i've never read it before so this was like my like first experience with it and it's always weird because like i feel like when watching a play without having read it before is really tough Mm -hmm. Uh, i find that like even like back in high school it's always nice to have read the shakespeare material before watching the movie because you kind of know what the beats are do you think Um, that's maybe why the teachers do that I think I think it's well, I mean I think they do it so you like learn to read and go through the prose and read it then you get to watch the movie version and as like, a treat. Yeah, it basically yeah. It's, I think it's just padding actually watching the movies but uh mm-hmm. I, I get it, you know. It's a it's a real long exhausting job being a school teacher. Mhm. Um anywho, so uh yeah, the one thing I wished I had when I was watching this was subtitles just so I could like follow along with like the speed of which the like delivery of the dialogue is given because there is mm-hmm. like so much stuff flying at you uh material wise and it's like kind of like at times you're like what's the, what's the what's the characters relationships like cuz there's like mm-hmm. there's there's like identities and like they're very like tossed around uh very fluid and it's like that's sort of like the whole gimmick is that like people are just changing their names here and there and they're also going by the same name and then people there's confusion thinking they're marrying the same person and oh what scandal so mm. anyway uh yeah this movie what do we got we got a couple we got a star here we got that michael redgrave you you remember that you, you remember him from the lady vanishes don't you rj who is he in lady vanishes he's like uh the main, the main guy he's the the male lead in that I didn't recognize a single person in this movie, so you well, can uh, fill me in on that. He's, he's like probably the biggest star. Uh, Michael Dennison, mm-hmm. who plays uh, Algy, he's like 
pretty small. Like he never really broke out into like American films. And like I was looking through his uh, his filmography, and it's like, oh, I haven't really seen any of this stuff. Um, the Edith Evans, who plays uh, Lady Bracknell, this is like kind of like probably her most famous role. Um, it's like probably like she's like kind of like the like like most iconic kind of character that came out of this. And like as far as performances and like a lot of performance, I think there's like a quote from like Ian McKellen saying like this. It's like one of like the like. It, for like in British acting terms, it's like one of those like big roles that people always talk about where it's like, it's like a Macbeth big... type deal. What? <laughs> like one of those roles. Well, that's, that's, that's the play. That's the Scottish play, RJ. That's yeah. A, but I mean the character Macbeth. Uh, well, it's like, but this is like, well, on... this, this is an actress's performance of the character rather than the Lady Bracknell character being this iconic thing. Late Edith Evans, performance oh, as opposed to Macbeth. <laughs> it's like, well, what did he play? It's like, no. You, you well, see, he, he was the lead of Macbeth, Jerry. I mean, yeah, I guess jumping ahead a little bit. Uh, I, I the, the Lady Bracknell character, Edith Evans in this, she is like the like portrait caricature of like the British elite snob like yes. horror show woman. Like she's perfect. Like she's absolutely everything you want in that character packed into in condensed. Cause this person exists. These people mm-hmm. still exist. If you go to Muriel, London, England and travel around, you'll see these people still around. Cause it's like, even though at one point they were young and probably hated these type of people, they grow up to be like this at some point, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so yeah, well, RJ, what are your thoughts on uh, buttered bread and cucumber sandwiches? <laughs> Was that your whole build? No, no, no. I was asking. Uh, that's one of my notes here. You know what? You you never actually mentioned if you like this movie or not. Well, I'm not. But I'm not, I, I don't I'm not, care because I'm, I'm going to hit you with my opinion first. I'm not done yet, but uh, I'm just asking. What do you think about buttered bread and cucumber sandwiches? Uh, oh, just know? buttered bread? Yeah, or either or both. Okay. Well, actually, it's funny you mentioned, and I'm not making this up. I had as a snack last night. Two slices of bread with butter on them. And I actually salted it on top a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I know what you're saying. You salted buttered bread? And it's like, yes, because we buy the unsalted butter. And I like the the graininess of that salt right on top. What kind of salt? It's that uh, it's like the Costco brand rock salt that you crack on, like the shaker is a cracker. Oh. You know what I mean? It's like a pepper grinder, but for salt. Fresh salt. <laughs> Fresh salt, baby. Is there anything better in the world than fresh salt? Uh, so I do like bread and butter. It's you, one of my favorite snacks. But do you fuck with cucumber sandwiches? Never. I do not fuck with that shit. <laughs> I don't like cucumber sandwiches. I had it one time in my life. I see it in movies all the time. All, all the time, you say. All the time. Cucumber sandwiches. Cucumber sandwiches. I don't know if it's a British thing or if it's a like a pretentious thing. But uh, I've seen it. All over. When I was in China, everyone's like, "You got, you want to eat some cucumber sandwiches?" I'm like, "What the fuck, are you, fuck are you talking about? What else is going to be in that sandwich? There's nothing." And then it's you cucumbers. ate it all. I didn't. Uh, you eat whatever you can yeah. eat, but you know. There you go. Okay, so uh, movie directed by Anthony Asquith, uh, who also yes. directed uh, one of our creep faves, uh, Pygmalion. Mm. Um, so this is mm. like you know. Uh, Fifteen years later, or something like that. It's forty, mm-hmm. yeah, something along those lines. Um, and again, with plays. So this movie opens up with like the like a s- setting up of like we're going to watch a play, and then fortunately it breaks from the like convention that uh, Henry V was damned with, which was like, hey, it's going to be like a big old play for like almost the majority of it, and then it'll break 
into like a real movie for a little bit. Um, and like, this is just like far more uh, palatable to watch. Uh, on is the it because it's like five seconds of a play at the exactly. intro and then five and, seconds at the very, of play very end? Yeah. 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 With great relief. But, um, and the movie doesn't feel particularly play like, like something like <laughs> the magic flute, um, again, where it's like, Oh my God, the trappings of this just like kill me, kill it dead. Like it, it feels like a movie that like, it just acknowledges, Hey, this is a really famous play. We're going to do an adaptation of it. Um, but the film also isn't like particularly cinematic. I don't think, mm-hmm. um, but it doesn't feel like it's dragged down by like a staginess to it. Um, and then uh, what you what you're left with is the the I guess you want to call it the screenplay the the play itself which is the the writing and uh, the dialogue of the characters that like are just like a tour de force of like just like content mm-hmm. like you're just like constantly listening to these characters just talking and um, like there's just so much to get through uh, mm-hmm. as far as like how they're saying and expressing themselves, which is like why I think reading like Oscar Wilde is like more digestible than like listening to it. Cause like, there's just so much stuff like you'll catch some of it and be like, Oh, that's a good line. That's good. Mm-hmm. Ever, ever, all the actors do their job. Like they all like do what they're required to do for the thing. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. I kind of, like this is fine as a movie. It's not like, um, like a amazing movie or anything like that. I'm kind of curious to hear what you thought about this movie, but also because I know that you watched the 2002 version of this movie with, uh, <laughs> with Mr. Miss, with Mr. Firth. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll get to that eventually. Yeah. And so I'm kind of curious how, uh, that experience all plays out. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I mean like I, most of my like notes are just kind of me, uh, copy and pasting some uh, lines of dialogue from the movie uh, mm-hmm. that I think are just great. But I mean, it's like, Hey, a hot take Oscar Wilde's a quotable dude. <laughs> and he said a lot of, and, he's, and he, and he says a lot of pithy things that are like, oh, that's a really like, that's pretty amazing that this guy, mm-hmm. like, I mean, the, one of the jokes like that people kind of talk about with Oscar Wilde though, is that like, he's a guy that like, he's really smart, but like he repeated himself a lot. Like, so he'd be at mm-hmm. parties all the time. And like, he would just like always have the right thing to say, but it's like, he might have like, you know, hundreds of things to say, but it's like the same hundred things. And it's like, eventually you'll kind of hear the same kind of comment. It's funny you say that because I'm not, I always say this as a joke, but I, I feel like people say that about this podcast a lot. Yeah. They got a hundred good lines, but they use and they cycle through those lines all the time. Yeah. It's maybe, maybe about six. <laughs> yeah. We're not a hundred. Like you, you're at maybe 10. I, I think I got two butts and dumps, yeah. I think are my uh, go-tos. Yeah. Yes. That was actually the one thing I forgot to mention uh, earlier. I was going to talk about uh, Lego Batman. Is the movie talks uh. about abs and butts? Ooh. So I mean, that's some real uh, RJ material I'll right there. Really be into that? Yeah, I think you might be more into that movie than I was. Anyways, um, yeah, most of what I have here is just like talking about dialogue. Like this is like kind sure. of like a, this is the thing that uh, didn't get brought up last week when we were talking about Royal Tenenbaums because uh, we all love that movie, but. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's a comedy at the end of the day. And like that movie is like wonderful and easy to talk about. And it's one of those things where we've talked about with comedy where it's like, it's hard to discuss in like a meaningful way. And here we yeah. are talking about a, uh, a comedy play. Um, and it's like, well, how do you talk about this thing? If it's not like absolutely like speaking to you in a direct mm-hmm. way. I mean, there's like the obvious things where it's like, yeah, this movie is, it's a, it's a farce. It's, uh, dealing with like the, 
the pretensions of like Victorian England, the era that it lives in. Mm -hmm. And it's still like timeless. Like a lot of the material still is there. It's like, it's so well written that like you can still appreciate the humor in it and stuff like that. And the writing Mm -hmm. and like the ridiculousness. Cause it's like, it's like a ridiculous story about like, it, the punchline of the movie it's like it's it's hilarious yeah. because it's it's the goddamn title of the movie and you know it's coming you're like oh my god and then they actually said it and you're like wow <laughs> but mm-hmm. um i don't know uh hey rj what, what, what did you think of the importance of being earnest all right jared i'm gonna hit you with some stuff here yep so i uh i really i really liked your comment about how reading these things are different than watching them because I think that this would play way better as a book that you would read than it does as a play. I understand that big OW was a, he was a big time guy. People love him. People love his words. People love his place. Uh, I got to say this importance of being earnest is very much not my thing. Uh, what I think he's really smart, Oscar Wilde. Uh, There is definitely lots of quotable dialogue in this thing. But kind of like what you said, too, is some of it comes at you so fast that it is it honestly it was hard to keep up with a little bit. Not and not like as a big dumb dumb It's like, I don't understand. I was like, this is it's a lot to take on. And it's one of those things where it's like some of these characters are so smart and they because he's all of them. Yeah. And it shows. But I think it would be a lot more accessible uh, as print than it would be as dialogue. Well, see, I, yeah. Like, I think what I'm like, what I was getting at is like, I think it would be a benefit to read this first and then you and then yeah, watch the I movie. Agree. And so this is like funny because it's going back to this thing that we were talking about earlier in the episode about like, uh, having to read something context. before watching a movie and having context. But I think there's like, yeah. I think even like going to see a play, I think it's like a thing to like read the play before you go to see it because then you actually get to appreciate the performances and, yep. you, and you're not so much focusing on like what happens next. Like I even think that like rewatching this movie, if one was so inclined, uh, you would get some benefit out of watching it a second well, time I, because I you would actually did that. Yeah. I, I kind of did that. And I know what you mean. And, and like that's what we were saying before like when when we were addressing that review about context and stuff i get it like in like i'll be the first one to admit like there are definitely there are movies that you can appreciate more when you understand the context of it but my big thing is that like if that is the total linchpin to enjoying the movie then i feel like that's kind of a bad thing and i don't think that you need to read this to enjoy it but i do yeah. think you would benefit from yes. it and i think that is a big thing like cuz there's been i like i've gone to plays and some of the plays i know the source uh, material and then going into it you do you see more than the average spectator but you have to consider that there's going to be a lot of people who it's like that's their first time uh, like their first exposure to that content. So like, that's not something like artists and creators, they're not going to like consider that where it's like, this is going to be, it's like, I'm going to write this play. And then eventually there's going to be a movie about it. And people who are watching that movie for the first time won't have read the play. So I got to make it accessible to well, them. Well, it goes of course with, like, not, well, I mean, but, that's the same territory as like uh, Shakespeare, like as like, yeah, yeah. It always benefits to have like, I, I think to have read this stuff and then, 
watch the film. Like if that's, mm-hmm. or like, I mean, but some people are like, well, you didn't, you weren't a lot of that opportunity. Like in, you know, 1602, uh, when these plays were actually being written and played, like no one was like having access to like the, the, the parchment that this is written on. I don't think most people were just yeah. watching it and they're like getting their whatever thrills out of seeing this thing for the first time, but then they could go mm-hmm. see it multiple times because that's all, they had nothing else better to do. Uh, yep. But now it's like, when, when do you, like the way we digest information, we're so trained to like want immediate results from what we're watching. And we want mm-hmm. that to like translate in a particular way. That's just kind of like how we're trained now as viewers. So I don't yep. know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. It is kind of just what it is and like how much effort we put into mm-hmm. changing how we digest information and process it. It's like, it's completely up to individuals. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you, Jared. But anyways, I was just kind of saying that's that was my my uh, feeling throughout this thing. So I don't think it's bad. Like I think it's it's definitely a very well written play because, yep. like I said, Oscar Wilde's super smart and a lot like uh, so much of his stuff is very quotable. I think my favorite was uh, with that crotchety old lady and uh, she's talking to the guy and she's like who's your parents and he's like well I don't have them <laughs> and she's like to lose one parent is like a tragedy to lose both is uh, what does she say she's like that's see I'm already I'm already flubbing up his stuff but she's just like that's um fuck what is she she like <laughs> she hits him with a jet a jab she's like that's just like irresponsible mm, yeah that sounds that sounds or, like, it's that sounds it's like, something like there. that hold hold on i'm gonna find okay. it for you well, because I'll, I, I'll let, let me throw out some here i got i got uh, it i got it okay to lose one parent mr worthy may be regarded as misfortune to lose both books like carelessness there you go so that was the one when i was watching i was like oh shit i was like that's pretty funny so there's a lot of quotes like that that yeah, he was super smart and he really knew how to write. So I like all that stuff. But watching the movie, I was just, I don't know. I, I, I was just kind of not into it. And it's not, I was in a good mood. It was nothing like that. It wasn't uh, one of those nights at Cabiria. Uh, Cabiria? Cabiria? Cabiria. What is that? Nights of Cabiria deal where I was just like, fuck, I was in a bad mood. And I couldn't enjoy that movie. Salty. Salty. It wasn't that. I was just, I put it on and I was like, oh, let's see what it's like. And then I was like, um, yeah, I was like, this isn't going to be for me. My first note was, oh, good. Oh, good. Because there was uh, watching the movie. Yeah. Oh, good. (laughs) Because there was like people talking to each other in the setup. And I was like, oh, good. Nice. Uh, My timestamp, Jarrett, was 20 minutes. Because I was like, all right, where are we in this thing? And it was like 20 minutes out of 90. And I was like, whew. I was like, oh, boy, this mm. is not going to be for I, me. I think I did a little bit better. I think I was at like 35 minutes. Because I was kind of curious like about the pacing of the act structure. Because I knew it was, it's a three-act play. And I was just kind of like curious when those moments hit. And I was like, okay. And I'm like, it's got about this much further to go. Because I think I had other things I had to do that, that afternoon. And I was like, okay, yeah. I'm, we're doing good. This is this is going along. And um, I, it, it feels like it's a serviceable film, I think. And it's like... Yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's, fine, it's fine to fine. watch. Yeah. It goes by totally fine. Uh, and like, that's what I mean. I don't think it's a bad movie or anything. I just... I I didn't take anything from it and that's fine whatever some people might really like this and I don't hold anything against them but I was just watching it and I was like I'm not really into this uh like I get that it's like a satire no it's, satire. it's, it's, not, a, it's not a satire 
it's a farce, it, RJ. It's a farce. It's a farce of a farce of a fart. Yeah. Or something like that. So, like, I get that. And there's certain things that are, like, so tongue-in-cheek on the nose. But there are things there is, like, the lady's life goal was to be in love with someone named Ernest. And it's like, oh, boy, that was his fake name. But it's not his real name. Do you get it? Do you get it? But it is his real name. But it is his end. real name. And then you're like, okay. And then even, like, what you said, the uh, like the real light bulb moment at the end it's like i truly understand <laughs> the importance of being earnest that, that's and the, i was like that's the big uh, gag it's, it's right up there with but who are the real cannibals i don't know who did it better cannibal holocaust or oscar wilde who who nailed the final line of a film better nobody knows nobody knows but well, i do I, oh well you do uh, i gotta say though i forgot to mention this at the start I never knew what the imp- importance of being earnest was about. Yeah, I mean, and I'm, I'm going to help myself here. No, I honestly didn't really know either. But it's a title that I've heard and a phrase that I've heard forever. Yep, forever, just because that's how it's it is. One, it's, it's, one so, those, it's one of so those wildly popular. Yeah, it's, it's an expression that like people use, and it sounds because very lofty, and that's kind of the idea. So, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta be honest with you. I got a confession here. I know it's you don't not know how this, to read. I don't know how to read. That is also true. But I know it's not this movie because I know that movie and I know what that movie is about. But when I always heard of importance of being earnest, I always associated it with a different movie. And I was always like, oh, yeah, importance of being an earnest is like this movie. For some reason, and I don't know why. And that movie, Jarrett, was Weekend at Bernie's. Because for some reason, I thought importance of being earnest was about pretending that a dead guy was alive and the that dead guy was named Ernest and there was some kind of morality lesson that you learn from pretending that people who are dead are alive. <laughs> and I know that that's Weird. absurd. <laughs> I know that that's wild, but this is... Well, I don't know. Is there, this there, a there, '90s there, upbringing? Like, what is this? There's like a there's like an Alfred Hitchcock movie, uh, "The Trouble with Harry," which is like kind of mm-hmm. like what you're describing, where it's like you're confused about something. No, you think but, but it's like about like about, it's about having to get rid of a dead body, and it's like an inconvenience, mm-hmm. and people keep having to like dump the body, and then someone else finds it, and then they have to get rid of it. Okay, that makes more sense, but, but it's so not I, at all. But but not in the least. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I just I always thought importance of being an earnest was weekend at Bernie's, but the original for some reason. I don't know why. I really don't. I, I thought but, you were gonna throw it like you were like thinking this might be like a precursor to like Ernest Saves Christmas and Ernest. Oh well, I know. Stupid. I know all about Ernest P. Rural. Yeah. He's one of my, my one of my most cherished idols. Mm-hmm. I love him. You love Jim Bernie. I love Jim Varney, man. He was the coolest. He was uh, taken away from us too soon. True. Too soon. Ernest Scared Stupid is a very, very good movie, but we'll talk about that <laughs> in October. Uh, so anyways, there were a few notes I had from this. One note was, so orphans are bad? Question mark. I think there was a, they were shitting on orphans at some oh, point. Pro- in this oh, def- oh, 100% orphans are, uh, are a garbage. Lot of, yeah, garbage people apparently. Um, I also wrote down big dick energy tea scene. So that tea scene with the ladies having tea is oh, a uh, just a masterpiece of uh, 
passive aggressive. Oh, but, but I love the payoff though of uh, if you allow me to quote, you have filled my tea with lumps of sugar, and though I asked most distinctly for bread and butter, you have given me cake. I am known for the gentleness of my disposition and the extraordinary sweetness of my nature. But I warn you, Miss Cardrew, you may go too far. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I like those quotes. And uh, that scene is really good. I couldn't help but think in that scene where I was like, I feel like if they did this now, Emily Blunt would be one of these characters. For sure. Almost certainly. It would be Emily Blunt. I'm sure she played it in high school or something. Probably. Yeah. So there was that. Uh, one quote that I may have misquoted here, but if the way I heard it, I thought it was really funny was he said he died. He exploded. Oh, yeah. And someone was like, exploded. And yeah. he's like, oh, yes. Cer- it was like, yeah. certainly so. And I was like, that's really funny. Exploded. I like that quite a bit. Yeah. The only other thing is like, I got a little lost in this because. Yeah, I did too. There, the one thing that really lost me was they have a real soft intro into the orphan thing where it was like, I was left in the bag. And then it was like, ooh, okay. And then like an a hour later, bag? it's like. Yeah, a handbag. And then an hour later, it's like, I left a baby in a handbag one day. And I was like, what? Yeah. And I was like, I was, like, was this the plot Miss, this whole Miss, time? Miss Prism? But, that, but the thing is, there's yeah. no possible. Like, did there, I miss something? No, you didn't. Because there's like no possible way that like everything ties up so neatly. Because that's, hence, RJ, it's a farce. Because, Ooh. yeah, that that's kind of the, the movies. Like, plays like this can be gimmicks. And that's like the thing. It's like, when we watch movies... We're trained to be like we're trained so much that that's bad. Like in in the era of YouTube videos with these like fucking losers <laughs> that uh, just rail on about like plot holes. Um, the the idea of these are like it just makes them so angry and so like we, we just don't want those things. So that we when we encounter them, uh, it's like what the hell is this? Am I missing something? Am I the fool? It's just like a trope, I think, of the yeah. the, the type. Yeah, you're not missing anything. But yeah, there's definitely like I was confused at like. What's going on? What's the actual story happening here? They're like, they're friends and the guy's like pretending to be somebody else for some reason. And the other guy's going to go by his name. I'm like, this is never, like, go- this is never going to work because they're going to find out. And sure enough that they're outed. <laughs> and then at the end of the day, they're like, well, okay, well, we're going to get Christianed and then everything will be okay. And they're like, well, I mean, if they're willing to get Christianed, I mean, they must be good dudes. And then that, that's all it takes. Cause again, farce, but this whole movie is like, uh, if I could summarize it in one like symbolic thing, it would just be like the wah, wah. Yeah, it'd be like but, that sound because it's like that's what happens all the time. Yeah, but a little bit better written than most wah wah material would be. Yeah, no, it, it's it's well written and stuff, yeah. but it's funny because uh, when I watched the remake, I was like, "Hey, Andy, this sounds like an Andy picks." And she's like, "What is it?" I was like, two guys." get entangled into their friends but they use each other as secret identities but not themselves and then they fall in love with other people and then their lives get crossed it's romantic comedy and she's like yeah that sounds like my thing and uh, she's like what else and i was like it's a period piece she's like nah so i'm, my, I'm not my, in my, that. my mental image is a homer simpson like disappearing into the bushes yeah and it was just basically like because uh, i watched it last night and she was totally on board and then i was like oh yeah it's a period piece and it's a uh, this and it's like the dialogue from the screenplay from like when oscar wilde writ- wrote it and she she did she just kind of backed away out of the room she's like no thanks and i was like okay wow. okay so anyways 
I don't know what else you have to say about uh, importance of being earnest or like, a weekend at Bernie's part one. Yeah. Or part like the prequel. Yeah. Part versus, zero, versus, uh, versus, part versus Bernie's. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So, uh, so I'll throw some lines at you that, I, that okay. stood out for me. Uh, all women become like their mothers. That is their tragedy. No man does. And that is his. Oh, that's sad. What do you make of that? What do you make of that? It's a weird line. And it's like, I think it's that more men need to be, uh, like their moms, like more, you know, like more caring, more soft, like that real motherly quality. Uh, but they're not more men. Most men grow up to be macho mans and it's damaging. And, and but, but women, but yeah, women. Yeah, it's a tough one. I don't know. It's a tough one, Jared. It's a good line. Things to think about. Never speak disrespectfully of society, Algeron. Only people who can't get into it do that. Mm. So once you've made it, accept the rule. Yeah. Hate hate is going to hate. That's true. Or it's like uh, Groucho Marx about not uh, wanting to be part of any club that would have him. Mm. It's true. What else we got here? I'll bet you anything. Uh, what is it? Yeah, I'll bet you anything. You like that half an hour after they have the or Jesus Christ, that's some that's, whoa, whoa, that's this is some copy and paste weirdness. Whoa, I, I, I'll bet you anything. You like that half an hour after they have met, they will be calling each other sister. Women only do that when they have called each other a lot of other things first. But Jared, can you imagine that eventually it does happen? It happens exactly. Call like me that. sister. It's it's very good. It's very like. Mm-hmm. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> it's almost like the guy who wrote this knew what was coming next. I'm weekend at Bernie's, <laughs> he said. Uh, I do not approve of anything that tampers with natural ignorance. Ignorance is like a delicate exotic f- fruit. Touch it with the and the bloom is gone. The whole theory of modern education is radically unsound. Fortunately, in England, at any rate, education produces no effect whatsoever. It's a real, uh, real burial. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I feel like he maybe had some opinions of things. Maybe he did. Uh, I don't like novels that, and happily, they depress me so much. Um, pithy. Pithy. Yes, pithy is the word here. Pithy. To be born or at any rate bred in a handbag, whether it had handles or not, seems to me to display a contempt for the ordinary decencies of family life that reminds me, uh, reminds one of the worst excesses of the French Revolution. Ooh. What do you mean by that? Uh, you'll have to ask Lady Bracknell, I think. Oh, shit. I know. She's not with us anymore. Oh. Well, that's good. She was kind of yeah. an old babe. And I actually, uh, I think my standout performance is um, the woman who plays uh, Gwendolyn, Joan Greenwood. Uh, she has this like particular delivery of all her lines, but I think she's mm-hmm. like, it's like, wow, wow, you've grown so fetching. It's like, I, I tend to, I like to grow in many directions. <laughs> and then like later on, it's like, I think, uh, Jack's turns around, Gwendolyn, wait here for me. And she's like, if you're not too long, I will wait here for you all my life. Mm. Yeah. Gwendolyn's a little different in the, uh, the remake, which you should tell us all about. Okay. So you want to hear about this fucking remake, Jerry? I would love to. Okay, so I already told you that I wasn't super huge on this importance of being earnest. So there's this dude named Oliver Parker. He did the Johnny English movies. He's done Oath Devo. He's done some kind of Dorian Gray remake. So he's got a group. 
He made a 2002 remake of this thing with Colin Firth, Reese Witherspoon, Judy Dench as Miss Bracknell, Dame Tom, Judy Dench, Tom Wilkinson, and uh, Frances O'Connor as Gwendolyn. She was in like Con- The Conjuring and shit like that. She's a nice lady. And then there's the other guy, uh, Rupert Everett, who is the top bill as Algeron, who I've n- never seen before. Oh, he was the bad guy in in, in Inspector Gadget too. Yeah, you don't know Rupert Everett, man. I don't I, know. I, I've, I've, even, I've even heard of that guy. I don't know him. So, anyways, it's a uh, it's basically a total straight remake of this because it's well, the full script. It's yeah. it's the it's just the normal it's, it's, screenplay. It's, it's another production of it. Yeah. Yep, and it is a period piece, so it's eighteen nineties. Yeah, uh, but. Jarrett, they do add some 2000s flair well, okay. to this thing. The one thing I read is that the film brings in some elements that were edited out of the original play. How would they know that, though? Well, because there's like, he wrote stuff down. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so they, they brought, they, well, they, they apparently, I'm not, but who knows what they changed up to like flare it up, but like apparently well, they did modify. There's some things that were brought in this time as around. an unknowing viewer the things that were modified seemed like 2000s editions so like the biggest one was when they confront the lady about the handbag the orphan in the handbag there's like a chase scene the lady runs away and it's played up like an action thing she's like taken off and is like where did she go we gotta get her and they're like running after her and i was like what is this uh, how long does that scene go on for like two minutes. Well, it's kind of like uh, Royal Tenenbaums with, uh, with Ben Stiller. Yeah. yeah see, it's a, it's all farce, RJ. See. So there's that, and then so as I mentioned, the Gwendolyn. So she is a nymphomaniac in the remake, like total. Hmm. And she's real hot into it. So all the things when she's talking about how her dream was to be married to a guy named Ernest, she's like, my dream. Like lip quiver and stuff. She's like, was a man named Ernest. And she's like all sweaty and shit. And you're like, why is this lady freaking out so bad? So they really kind of play it up. And then there's a scene where she gets the name Ernest tattooed on her ass, which I don't know if it wasn't like a guitar string with pen ink. It wasn't old school tattooing. It was an actual tattoo gun, like a pen. And I was like, did they have that 130 years ago? I really don't think so, but mm. I don't know the history of tattoos, so I could be wrong. What in the world? So she gets a Ernest tattooed on her butt. So they, they like, there's things like that. It's like a little bit more exaggerated. Mm. So Gwendolyn's a nymphomaniac. Judy Dench is like, I don't know. She's Judy Dench in this. She's fine. Colin Firth and uh, whatever his name is, uh, they're fine Everett? too. They have a, uh, they try to have a nice musical embrace of the women after the tea confrontation. Yeah, they like try to like serenade them outside with like a ukulele and a good, uh, piano. It's nothing. It doesn't matter. Uh, that tea conversa- uh, confrontation isn't. This one's n- nowhere near the original. The original, I think really sets it up well this one it's it's pretty bad it was like i don't like sugar in my tea it's out of fashion now and reese witherspoon really 
like slowly puts in cubes and cubes and cubes. It's like I liked it in the 50s version when that bitch just grabs a whole handful of sugar, dumps that shit in her in the other girl's tea. She's like, take that, you old crusty bag. I was like, yeah, some petty stuff that I can get behind. Mm-hmm. So the tea scene's not as good. The cake looks horrible too. Like it's not like fruit cake. But it, it's like the density of a normal cake. But there's like all these like nuts and berries. And I was like, what the fuck kind of cake is this? I'm not on board with this. Mm. I got I got a lot of cake opinions. <laughs> if you're interested, you can email in and I will tell you my cake opinions in the preamble. Okay. Okay. So the remake, Jarrett. It's a movie. That's there. That's it. Yep, and uh, I don't know. I'm pretty, I'm pretty lukewarm on the uh, this normal movie as it is. But it's like I said, it's not any fault of its own. I think it's well written. Uh, Oscar Wilde's a smart guy. I'm just, it's not, it's not really for me. So whatever. Nice. <laughs> yep. Uh, hey, want to hear about some people who hate this film? Sure, sure. Well, RJ, half a star from Morgie the Corgi. Mm. This is from just this year, too. Ooh. Wait. This is a cinematic masterpiece? Shit on my face and smear it in, please. Strong politics? <laughs> yeah. His uh, only other half star is Hereditary. But his favorite films include The Godfather Part 2, Perks of Being a Wallflower, mm. The Pursuit of Happiness with your buddy Will Smith, mm. And the new movie, My Friend Dahmer, from two huh. years ago. Other five-star affairs include movies that no one cares about. Cool. We got Fight Club, Star is Born, whatever. Cool. Uh, I don't know if anyone was calling this one a cinematic masterpiece. As we've yeah, learned. I've never heard just, that. Just, no. Just because it's in the Criterion doesn't mean it's a masterpiece. <laughs> that That's for sure. Casper mm-hmm. uh, L., one and a half stars. Dated. It's a faithful adaptation, but I don't like the play either. Hey, guess, guess what? Uh, what uh, trend we seen this week? Guess what else? Casper L's favorite movie is, or that's not how you phrase that. Guess what? Casper L also has as a favorite movie. Fight Club. Fight Club. You got it, baby. Uh, also, City of God, Primer, and Mulholland Drive. So my Mulholland feeling. God. Mulholland Drive. My feeling is that this person is maybe 20 years old and they're making their rounds through big popular movies. They also gave five stars to fucking call me by your name. And like, I don't know, lots of criterions. They could be listening to this. So if they are, call me by your name is not a five star movie. Neither is boyhood. Come on, guys. And finally, Deborah Hart. Two stars. I only watched one third of the movie, but I'm never going to finish it. Reading the play twice is enough entertainment for me, but it's still a cute little movie that portrays the play nicely. So, more overlap. Not the same as last time. Favorite films include Call Me By Your Name, a movie that is not good. Uh, Little Miss Sunshine. That's a good show. Blue Jay. I don't know what that is. Stuck in Love with your favorite actor, Jarrett, Greg Kinnear. That movie's okay. It features a cameo from uh, Mr. Stephen King. 
But other five-star affairs include three billboards. Jeff, who lives at home, that's a horrible fucking movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that movie is not good, you guys. Heather's five stars? Come on. Quiet Place? Fucking uh, whatever. These are the hot moose five stars. Not even worth talking about. Yeah. They're crazy, these things. But Call Me By Your Name and Fight Club, apparently, are the fans who hate this thing. Hmm. There you have it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I'd say that uh, your mer- your mileage may vary with this film. I yeah. don't I don't think there's anything that like jumps out at me as far as like whoa, you gotta go out of your way to watch this. Um, yeah, I would say you should read some uh, some Oscar Wilde if you haven't enriching sure. enriching your life. That that uh, Dorian Gray is a great great novel. No no booker no no movie is going to. Uh, be as good as that because it's like for me the act of reading it is like so great because you get to really like appreciate the writing and like mm-hmm. in movie form I don't know I mean I've never like, I'm not a big fan of plays like as like a drama person like I just can't take it I can't handle people's acting in real life it's often the worst I've gone to a couple how, how do you rate plays so the last one I went to was a university production of Stephen King's Carrie oh it was a musical, Jared. Uh-huh. It was okay. Uh, I've probably gone to five plays in my life. A couple of them were mandatory through school events, and uh, some of them are not very good. However, the school I'm at right now, they just did, uh, the middle school did a production of The Greatest Showman, and it was pretty fucking wild. <laughs> it, it was. I was going to watch that movie now because I was like, holy shit, some sh- hot stuff. So uh, a friend of mine listens to that soundtrack all the time, I guess. Uh, I, I've been listening to it for the last two weeks. <laughs> Fast. Anyways, what are we talking about? Uh, nothing, because we're done. We're out of okay, here. Okay, good. We, we get the girls, and we learned the importance of being creeps. It doesn't work as get well. Get the girls? Yeah, we did all right. Are you talking about us or about other people? Um, we're talking about corpse. Ah, uh, that's preamble stuff, man. That's people fine. don't know what you're talking about. That's fine. Tune in. Let's go to SoundCloud. Hey, why, why don't you like us on iTunes? Yeah, jerks. People say that's a big thing. Yeah, I'm talking about that now. Do it. seen a blind man cross the road trying to make the other side ever seen a young girl growing old trying to make herself a Sweat 
So does uh, Andrea have a nice hot plate of cucumber sandwiches waiting for you upstairs for after the podcast to recover? Actually, so now that you mention it, I had a, I had, I told you I had some chicken and uh, Brussels sprouts, but the, I had that at like five o'clock. So we actually, all the bacon I, I prepared for the Brussels sprouts, sprouts is still there. So I'm going to have a little bacon avocado on toast. Is she going to prepare for me? I doubt it, but that's what I'm going back to. Are you interested? No. I think I've got some baked goods on the go up there. I got corn muffins here. I know you're a big fan of those. But that does me no good over there. I'm here. They're fucking packed with blueberries, buddy. You can email us at criteriancreeps at gmail.com and tell us about your favorite post-podcast snack. Corn muffins, whatever. We got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnloaf. We're mm-hmm. on YouTube. We're almost at 500 subscribers. It's so sad. Uh, yeah, there's like abandoned Criterion podcasts that have like a thousand subscribers. So stupid. And hey, we're sad. we got a Patreon. So if you're not subbing, you can give us money instead. That's cool too. Sure. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play. Leave us reviews or something. That'd be cool. Or whatever. Or not. Just don't do anything. Just do you. But do it, though. Next week, Spine 159. A movie that has been on my watch list for a very long time. Akira Kurosawa's Redbeard from 1965. How does that differ from Bluebeard? Uh, different color. I don't, I don't know if Jerry, uh, I don't, don't know if, say that. I don't, I don't know if uh, Redbeard's killing any wives. Well, how do you know though? I, I, I'm going to find out this week, and then we're going to talk about it mm. in a week. But be, how do you know? It's going to be quote unquote great. I don't like what you're doing right now. I'm not on board with this. Good night. No. No. Tough. No?